And we're live. Live. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy of North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast, and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts with a very loose voice, Sam. <laughs> and I'm the other host, Paul, and we are joined by a full house of nerds tonight. We've got some Northern nerds, and we've got some Midland nerds, and we've got some Southern nerds. <laughs> My God. <laughs> so we've got, like I say, the full breadth of the UK covered this evening. So... Um, he doesn't need any introductions, but I'll give him one. He's not wearing his fluffy uh, dressing gown, so all his fans will be disappointed, namely Donna, mm. um, is is the marvellous Grant, and hopefully has recovered from his little walk along Hadrian's wall. He's still broken, are <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm in agony, mate. I'm <laughs> well, we are old now, so we're not youngsters. No. Um, we are joined by the beautiful Dan from Blade and Marvellous. Um, like I say, it's, it's two weeks in a row now, so we'll, we're kind of still no way now. Her. So, so <laughs> I'm like her. one of us. I'm like herpes, you can't get rid. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know what that itching sensation was, but yeah. Me. Uh, it's Dan. <laughs> it's me. Yes. And we I'm have the got... problem, it's me. <laughs> Bless you. And we've got the lovely Sarah, and she's not in a bouncy bed tonight. So hopefully, um, like I say, you won't get the travel sickness. Uh, from I have a bouncy table. Yes, a bouncy table, yeah, that's so fine. Sorry. But Sam, I mean, not Sam, um, but Sarah mm-hmm. has the record now. I believe mm-hmm. she was on the longest podcast that we did. You were. <laughs> that was so long. I couldn't even talk oh, at the God. end. Um I, I, I loved it though. Thank you for having me back. Oh, um, you are so oh, welcome. I, I, I could have talked for a lot longer, you know, on some of them that we uh, that we had yeah. that we spoke about. It was a good, to be fair though, most times you can do an episode on just one season of stuff. Oh, so, easy. But yes, and thank you, Sarah, for bringing up the, bringing the cakes to Nerdfest Yay. and kept us. Uh, because we thought they were actually for us to take home, but then she shouted at us to tell to give them all out. So I was Just, running well, we were like, well, we were like wanting to keep them. We we're like, maybe it's ours. <laughs> but it, but yes. it gave us the sugar high we needed. And we really needed it halfway through the day. So thank you. And making her podcast debut, the lovely Lauren from the Midlands. Yes. And yes. she is our resident um, in Nerdy Up North comic book nerd. So, mm-hmm. like, she has a, a very good collection and she knows a lot of shit about comics. She knows a lot of shit. <laughs> she really does. I, me, me and Lauren have been internet friends since about 2014, so this is, like, the first interaction that we've ever had with each other. Yes. <laughs> it's all, like, it's all been, like, Instagram, Facebook between then. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been into... Mainly into Marvel and stuff, for like, since I was seven, which is... Like, 30 years now so I thought everyone was 21 apparently <laughs> like everyone was like youngster these days but no it's nice to have someone around our old age as well so I, I that's just fine. bathe in the blood of toddlers it's fine oh, <laughs> so yes as we always do as well I know you just give us a little bit of information but when you make your debut we do kind of penalize you a little bit so tell us a little bit about yourself there Lauren <laughs> oh. okay yeah I'm a comic book nerd that's one thing I am in Birmingham, which is a wonderful city to be in if you are a bit of a nerd. Mm. I've also been playing Dungeons and Dragons since since before it was cool. Mm. Like not since Satanic Panic uncool, but like still like <laughs> hiding your books in your bag kind of Love uncool that you and got like, that yeah, reference in there. <laughs> I mean it is a true crime podcast. Yes. Very, very, very relevant. Mm-hmm. Um 
so yeah I've I've just always been a bit of a nerd like yeah. always like grew up watching Thundercats, He-Man and She-Ra, um, Turtles that kind of thing and it just kind of like it never went away like one of my first mm. memories is of watching Star Wars Return of the Jedi it was mm. probably about 1989 <laughs> it was Christmas uh, so I remember it's Christmas always Christmas break. though wasn't it when we were watching it yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I had the tape because my dad loves it was back in the days when you taped off the telly. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> well you did back in the back in the day. Definitely. So I just remember just remember the adverts and having to get the adverts because it's live TV, we taped it off. So watching... and long played and long player VHS as well. If you had a long play, you could get long more. Play. That's all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But thank you for joining us. Tom this... and Jerry too. Yes, because yeah. I know we've been trying to get your own. <laughs> the podcast for a while and it's nice that we've actually been able to do it so it's great because i know you are a busy lady and sunday nights normally dean dungeon dragons night as well isn't it or it used to be the 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 sounds of time have shifted so Ah. they're now friday but but sundays are good good. (laughs) so yes so this episode we are doing a little bit of a part two not many of we've done part twos before, but I think um, it's been a while since we've touched on this. And I thought mm-hmm. it'd be quite an interesting one way as well to get some different perspectives. Cause I think the last time it was just me, Sam and Michaela are on mm-hmm. and like, I, I'll be honest. I do like a bit of true crime, but I'm, I don't immerse myself into it as much as, as I know probably my wife does, but to get her on the podcast, I'd probably have to like, uh, sell I'll give her like a thousand pound and to be honest she's it's not worth that. But yeah. Um I'll and... give her it. <laughs> but yes I'll we are gonna <laughs> we are we're doing a return of the true crime and I'll let Sam do a disclaimer first because the these is 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 always going to be a touchy subject when it comes mm. to certain things because a lot of people do have th- thoughts and feelings on the subject and but Again, it is probably the most popular medium out there at oh, this yeah. moment, or it's been since lockdown, I would say, that the big boom happened. Yeah, but we'll get into it. I'll I'll try and get through the disclaimer, and I apologise mm-hmm. well in advance. My cough is obnoxiously awful, so I do apologise. But everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion um, what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Bless her. And that, that's the voice that's been on the BBC and the Chronicle now. And the She's, Chronicle. <laughs> we got interviewed by the Chronicle before we knew it was the Chronicle. I just thought it was some, uh, some pervert. I knew who with it the, was. This phone. is why I sat the way I sat. <laughs> some bloke <laughs> warned about with the phone filmed us. I was like, what the fuck's AD in here? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew exactly who he was. This is why I'm like, hello there. <laughs> Hi, good sir. <laughs> See, that's why they keep me away from people. Put, put him in the corner, the weird guy. Well, yes. Um, so we are going to be talking about true crime. Now, I know I did touch on it a little bit. There has been, like I say, a massive boom in t- true crime. It's probably died off a little bit, I would say, in mm. the last six months or so. Mm-hmm. But during lockdown and like be, like the pandemic, say, it was like a huge hit where it was basically everywhere. Like all the big ones, like I know like Tiger King, like Netflix start doing every special, like I think every like serial killer start releasing 
uh, the hidden tapes or missing tapes, like that was <sighs> everything that came out. So what do you think, like, do you, like yourselves personally, like what, why do you think that was the case that it drew people to this? I know there's always the, like the mysterious and the macabre aspects to it, but we'll go, like I say, I know there's going to be a few of us tonight, so to try and like keep it a little bit organized. So I'll ask Dan first. So Dan, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's got a lot to do with maybe escapism still, whilst mm-hmm. it's very, very real. Like you say, the big boom came around lockdown, came around when everybody was so immersed in but mm-hmm. that this was just something that you could listen to and still feel, oh, yeah, this is real mm-hmm. and it's horrible, but it's not this. So yeah. this is good. That mm-hmm. I mm. So... I mean, you've had podcasts and uh, YouTube videos that have been going for donkeys up until the pandemic when they all shot off to stratospheric proportions mm-hmm. where they were where they were getting more listens than they've ever had because people had time as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's that was something we never had the luxury of. I mean, I worked through it, so I didn't really. But Same you, yeah, so <laughs> t- time was like when you had a bit of time. You just wanted to switch off and listen to something else that you couldn't identify with, like escapism. Yeah. Again, it, it is what it was. So for me, that's 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 kind of mm-hmm. why I got so into it because it was still very real, but it was mm-hmm. still not real in my life. Yeah, it could you could distance mm-hmm. yourself from it because yeah. it's 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 almost like when you see a horror film at the start that says again based on true events type thing. It's like yeah. oh, it kind of brings it back to you and think oh, I could get more into this than type thing just because it could happen if that makes sense um but yeah it's right in what you're saying as well like the youtube boom like for like for true crime when says what's the what's that lass's name that everyone goes nuts about is it yeah really she talks to you like you're her friend yeah right i don't know whether that's like how everybody else feels but no i do yeah. You don't feel like just a random viewer. You feel like you're having like a coffee with her kind of thing. Right. It was very personal the way she kind of interacts with her audience. And I think that's mm. massively a massive part of the So appeal. maybe we could learn from that as well, like trying to interact <laughs> with people more. Like, come with me, have a coffee, have a pint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Lauren? Like, what, what, do you, like, with you coming in there, what, did you, what do you, like, what draw you to Abs- it, I think? I mean, I absolutely agree with Dan in the fact that it, it's horrible, but it's not your horrible. Mm-hmm. like you, you can kind of almost disconnect from it and mm-hmm. it I think one of because to, to kind of go on with the Belisarian thing and it's what a lot of the other true crime YouTubers do say it's like the psychology behind it is like what, mm-hmm. why people do these awful things and yeah. why what drives people because mm-hmm. why do people like like cannibalism and stuff like that. Oh, you'll you start freaking to... you'll start freaking Sammy out now. <laughs> <laughs> the one I mean, thing yeah, I it's, it's the it's one horrible. thing that scares us. It it is, it's horrible and it's against human nature, but you kind of want to understand why. Like yeah. why would people do that almost mm. de- I wouldn't quite go as far as to say defend yourself, although it, being like female presenting, you do have to know how to defend yourself in certain circumstances mm-hmm. because that's just what you're trained to do throughout your life yeah you know to stay safe in the streets like after dark at you know midnight because of all these horrible things that have happened so it's like a weird mix of like cautionary tales like 
fairy tales when you were a kid and like the big mm-hmm. bad wolf yes but then the big bad wolf is like <clears throat> the, the guy in the white van nowadays Oh, it was a red escort when we yeah. were a kid, but yeah. Red or blue escort, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's an interesting take because, like, as you said, the female perspective of this is like something that probably me and Grant will never like be able to see the same point of view because we're never going to be in that situation. We're never going to be uh, have that point of view where horribly use it all, like, there's risk. I think like, I still worry when my wife goes out. To, yeah. to go us for drinks and she says I'll get the bus back I went if you get the bus back I'll fucking kill you you get a taxi to the door I don't want you walking even from the bus stops like a three minute walk from there to, to mine it, it doesn't even contemplate but that's such a, a horrible way to think as well that I've got to worry about that type of aspect but, you, but you again as you said mm-hmm. like the true crime aspect it it kind of builds on that fear but and it's interesting as well because um with the female perspective, it's probably, and, and again, not to be gener- uh, uh, the right word, uh, like sexist here, a lot of people who love true crime are are women. It is like, oh, yeah. to, like this, oh, this, yeah. I know that like for the males, like I do have an interest, like back when I was a kid, because uh, it's one of the things, true crime has always been around, but when I used to shit myself was to crime watch. So that was true crime for me <laughs> oh, back in the day. You used to watch crime watch and hear the different yeah. stories. We used to be put alerts and things, but that used to give you like a little bit of an insight. Um, but yeah, but Sarah, what like what what aspects do you find? Um, I mean, just just going on that. Um, what you were saying about being female and like a lot of us seem to have the interest in it. Like, um, it seems to be overwhelmingly female that are more into the true crime than than male. Um. It's almost like a, a, this isn't something that's like at the forefront of my mind, but thinking on that point in particular, it could be the kind of like, oh, well, the victim in this case was female. This happened to her by this route. So maybe mm-hmm. I should avoid doing that kind of thing. Right. To like prepare myself to like yeah, get away get from that. something. Just on that point, that's not, that wasn't a me personal thing, but um, mm-hmm. it, it just mm-hmm. made me think about that there. Um, yeah. for me personally, it's kind of like it's going back to the morbid fascination thing and um the psychological aspect of how a human could feasibly consider or then even perform whatever mm-hmm. they did mm-hmm. on another human, and you know how how it came to it. I mean, a lot of what I like is um the detective side of things and how yeah. they work it all out to catch the person as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like the the puzzle side working it out bit as well. Oh, you I love John Douglas's. Been, yeah, I think that's been like the big boot. Like the the, the recent ones has been more showing the police side, good mm-hmm. or bad. Like mm-hmm. I know we'll talk about like other type of ones that's came out. Like the, it's interesting to see the police not being sh- shown in like the brightest like the mistakes they've made, mm-hmm. how they've admitted the mistakes, or like or whether just blindly said no we were not wrong and stuff like that's like yeah it's it's like the bullshit politics but it's interesting to try and get because with any type of true crime or with the documentaries you're only getting one side or getting like the narratives of the person who's making it so Mm -hmm. it's it's basically interesting to get the different points of view which we are getting now for a lot of them Mm because all the times um we were getting for a long period was glorifying like the killers for a lot of time Mm -hmm. and again that and that's something I don't like. Mm-hmm. No. 
yes it's 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 one of them things you never feel uncomfortable or if it depends how they handle it or go about it type mm-hmm. thing but yeah. what about you grant I, looking all sturdious and serious serious <laughs> i mean in relation to my personal journey with true crime um you know, I kind of said it on the serial killers episode that I was on as well. Um, it was getting into heavy metal music in my teens. Um, initially finding out that Richard Ramirez had claimed that he'd done what he'd done because of Highway to Hell. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I obviously listened to the last song on Highway to Hell and thought, I actually might have taken that one a little bit too seriously. Um <clears throat> but then going down the route of stuff like um West Memphis Free uh, Three and Paradise Lost and those kinds yeah. of things. I think in relation to the more recent boom, I don't I understand why it boomed during lockdown, but I think we had the touch paper to this lit a few years beforehand with making mm-hmm. a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it gave people kind of a gentle in to true crime because while it was visceral, there was this story of innocence underlying and somebody to root for. So people kind of got guided down a little bit of a route into true crime as far as the broader media is concerned. And then during lockdown, nothing fictional was coming out. So everybody, everybody that wanted a horror fix, everybody that wanted a little bit of fear putting into them went to mm-hmm. the stories that had happened in real life because there was no fiction being released to scare mm-hmm. us. Um, kind of you know, intrigue, you know, yeah. for not entertainment, but that I suppose some people did do it to supplement their entertainment. You know, some people do like that stuff for that reason. I don't thoroughly understand that point of view, but there are people that just go there. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And, yeah. it, and that's, as Sarah said, it's all about the human psyche as well. Like, it's it's the curiosity in seeing what pushes a person or what steps in the person's life did they take to where they thought this was okay or like and it's it it is interesting to know but it's like how far do you push that curiosity where um it borders on like yeah gl- glorifying mm-hmm. type thing or as you said sam like i know when we did the last podcast um where we talked about like the sleuth inside of it, where the cause, like in certain cases now with the internet being the way it is, uh, causing, like I say, a lot of trouble. And a, a good point to move on to, because like I say, um, I did watch um, a recent one this week just because I thought, I'd, oh, I'll catch up on a few of the big ones that came out, because I know Netflix have just released uh, the... Um, the bombing one in Boston Marathon, Boston Marathon Boston bombers, Boston Marathon bombers. Yeah. like that was an interest because it was purely all about the investigation and mm-hmm. the police part of it and showing how the different arguments between police forces like on releasing information and how like they were just like overruling mm-hmm. each other and like like it was all for political points more than anything else than to actually move the investigation forward but the sleuth inside, what I thought was quite interesting, because they opened up not just like phone lines, but email lines where they would get people asking to send photos or videos of the information in, and the amount of photoshopped pit things that people were sending with like wow. bags in in different areas, yeah. um, like Jeez, Asian nice people man. photoshopped in because they would like say they wanted the narrative that it was Al Qaeda, so. Um, like all these like bigoted or racist people in America, um, I know you get them all up around the world, but 
America like fuck yeah like well like not not no one's gonna America. mess with us mm -hmm. America um, America it, yeah. like the amount of level that these then the sleuths were going into like pin them on random people posting their photos on things just because the yes, color yes. of the skin was their pictures were getting plastered all over the internet and they were getting harassed because of some local or not even local idiots there's people on the internet thinking I can see something that someone else doesn't and not letting yeah. the investigation. Mm -hmm. So it probably slowed down the investigation it's, by so long. It's ridiculous how sleuths get away with it. And it's even just it's just as recently as the lady who went missing in the in the water, Nicola you can't oh, think Nicola of Nicola Bully. Yes, yeah. her. Yeah. The amount of people who went on a on investigating absolutely nothing. <laughs> like That's nothing. So horrible. This poor woman went missing. It was it was put into the news because she went missing. The police fucked up majorly on that yeah. one. Massively. But then these fucking TikTokers decided to go down to her village where these people are trying to actually find this woman and start pull shit up of that just no relevance, bringing mm -hmm. absolutely nothing to the table and causing her family nothing but grief. The fucking disgusting people. Mm -hmm. I I am all about liking that loving liking love and true crime however way you want to look at it getting it getting invested yourself into these cases but not to publicly go out there and say well i can solve it because i'm fucking hate them you know why Sorry. that is though you know why that is don't fuck with cats that right. has, yeah. i'll watch it that has got so so much to do with the way that people think that they can solve anything i mean mm -hmm. i give my dues to um the the two main people are their names escape me now, but mm -hmm. they kept it under wraps. It wasn't for social glory. Yeah. It was yeah, because yeah. they genuinely wanted to work this puzzle out together. and find him. And they they were behind the scenes for years or or however long it took them. I think it was about a year and a half, maybe, to find this guy, work out who he was, find out what he did. They. Mm -hmm. They were the kind of people that when, if I go missing, I want them work, looking for <laughs> yeah. me. You oh, I totally get that. But they did it in such a way that Netflix took their story and made it like a glorification thing. Right. So you've got all your TikTokers, like you say, and your YouTubers that like to go to the grave sites and the murder sites and the mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then they try and make it that they can do the same thing because yeah. they've yeah. seen it on telly. And, exactly. and it's like... They they aren't doing it for the right reasons. They're, yeah. they're doing it for the clout. It's like, to look really good. They aren't yeah. doing it to help the victims or totally the agree. families. They're, they're just doing it for like likes. It's views. It's yeah. just views yeah. because if on tick, if especially on TikTok now, your viewage can get you money. It's as, yeah. it's it's simple as just having people view your videos. So if you're getting more video, you know, more views, you're actually getting paid for that. I think Michelle McNamara, um who did her book um have we gone in the dark it was the oh good god someone help me out with his name my memory is the shocking gold. tonight was golden state gold? killer yes. yes michelle mcnamara was incredible like exactly the same she did everything with police cooperation she worked with them she she yes she was documenting it yes it was going to come into a book and articles were being written but it wasn't a case of pointing fingers Mm -hmm. It wasn't a case of saying it is this person. I believe it's this person. It was just traces and trying to track people's memories. And it honestly, was trying. Some, to... hmm? sorry, sometimes the police do need that help, especially with cold mm -hmm. cases. Oh, uh -huh. Like 
cold cases might just sit on shelves for years and oh, yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. with the right investigation like the right journalist or researcher like that can yeah. really help a case yeah, I think Michelle did did it justice in that case, um, and it's just oh, I think I mean we talked. I think I talked about Michelle on the last one because it's just uh, it's so sad, it's mm. so sad. She never found out the quorum. Mm. Initially, she passed away like a year before or something. It was like on the book tour because mm. I think um, Pat and Oswald finished that book, and mm. they were on the book tour and on the documentary, which is fantastic, by the way. You really should watch it. That is such a brilliant piece of documentary making, um. They find he, he finds out on the book tour that he's been caught, and it's such a moment. Um, but yeah, no, Michelle's mind. <laughs> so when it comes to the actual true crime stories as well, I know there's as as we've touched on, there's so many different aspects or different variations. Now there's like say the old school like like BBC or even if you go on Sky now, there's dedicated crime channels to different things as well. There's the Netflix ones that like cover like the big stories or the big events as well um which ones is it like like you personally like feel connections or not connections to that's the wrong word sorry um like <laughs> no um, i get that i, um, I get what you feel mean towards that. is it like the big stories or is it the big like the big ones or is it like the ones that are more closer to home so oh, definitely know. not closer to home fuck that <laughs> <laughs> that's too scary that's too real yeah. <laughs> let me have more americans <laughs> I, I don't mind kicking this one off if you don't mind because mine was right. um West Memphis 3 is obviously and I mentioned that in the in the last one that I watched and I'm happy to talk about it again because I was I was involved in that in the late 90s and um, so it's been with us for a long time um Manson Murders is always a big one I get but at the moment and I don't know why don't understand it and I hope somebody can kind of help us try and answer it but Chris Watts Fucker, I have been down such a rabbit hole with him. Don't I, do don't, that. I don't understand why, no. though, Dan, because it's so cut and clear what he did. But it's because how cut and clear it's like, is, is there more to it? The, uh, the, it's one man's obsession with his new partner. It's one That's man's obsession with it... himself is what I Well, thought. yeah, yeah, himself. <laughs> but he was so, I think he wanted this perfect life with this new woman. And he was prepared to cut everything out. And at some point in psychology, I don't know whether you class him as a sociopath, a, 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 a narcissistic tendencies, or all of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Um, but he he literally just chopped that part of his brain and went, right, this is going to happen. And mm. a lot of people can come compend. Uh, what was it? Com Compartmentalize. There we go. <laughs> A lot of people can do that. I mean, to, to an extent, I can, but I'm not talking about like burying a body in the back garden and then forgetting yeah. about it, you know. <laughs> but it for me, the wife, okay, but she was pregnant, so not 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 okay. Not, but you not know, okay. You wrap your, but yeah, you wrap get your head around a wife. That, yeah. That's but this is what I that's what I've got about like it. I the was kids like, as well. It's like it's oh, the yeah, kids. The... So I can understand the night she came home, they get into it. Shit happens. Accidents happen. Fuck, yeah. he kills her. He then has this. I'm moment... not getting in an argument with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't talk to my husband about that. We had this this same conversation earlier in the day. Um, <laughs> um, but then he has this time, this period of time to calm his shit down. And he sits for 45 minutes in that car with them two little girls. 
knowing exactly what he's going to do. That is the part I can't Mm. get my head around. I can understand to a degree fits of rage with the wife. Like I get, I can can kind of get that. It's that 45 minute drive to the drop zone Mm -hmm. and them kids are still alive. That's exactly when it stops becoming any kind of accident. Like as soon as you're moving a body or you're going like, oh, I'm going to kill the kids now as well. Yeah. Then it completely stops being like a fit of wild anger or whatever. Which is still completely inexcusable. But Mm -hmm. it's that moment when it's like, oh, I'm just going to do kill. Because this happens a lot with like, it mainly seems to be like, I'm sure women have done it too, but where a partner snaps, kills their spouse. And it's like, oh, I might as well kill the kids because they can't live without their parent. Well, Edmund like, Kemper did that to his grandmother because mm-hmm. he couldn't bear his grandmother witnessing. But that's, I totally yeah. get what you mean. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like, that's, it's, that's messed yeah. up. It's, it's, and also, it's not it's not over. He is still heavily in the news. He's looking for some, I don't know if he's looking for some form of another trial or something like that. His fucking parents are disgusting. Absolutely mm-hmm. no regard for them children whatsoever they can have their feelings on her but they have no regard for them children and the fact that they are gone all they are concerned about is him and um, and it's also being brought into question the mistress she is now being brought into the fold whether or not they can do anything mm-hmm. or i don't know but there's been questions around her now because fuck me was she sketchy as anything <laughs> you have a no, funny feeling I mean- she knew what was going on <laughs> get me wrong infidelity is one thing right if you choose that that's the path you want to take mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fucking divorce man exactly but mm-hmm. obviously some people don't um mm-hmm. and she must have known i mean there's a degree of, of factors in this way you can say well he never told me he told me we was they were separated blah blah i get that you can be you know you can be fed or force fed all these all these lies and stuff like that but the deeper you dig into her the more she must have known something was up with him. I'm not saying she knew what his plans were, but you get the good feelings every now and then, don't you? Oh, absolutely. There's something about her as well. They say a good liar will be able to tell you their side of the story from start to finish without it it ever changing. Whereas someone who's telling the truth will struggle to be able to tell you factual things from start to finish because the memory doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go from A to B. It can it can change things. Yeah. You know, you, times can change, places can change, faces can change, but a liar can tell you from start to finish exactly what their, their plan is. And she did that throughout her whole fucking interviews. Never changed. Because it's a script. It's a script yeah. Yeah. in like their yeah. slash her head. Like and the lines. Rehearsed. It's like same as giving, you know, a soliloquy from Hamlet. You rehearse yeah. it, you know it. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah chris watts i went out I've, I, honestly i don't i couldn't even tell you why i've just gone down so many massive rabbit holes with them i just i find it so fascinating but at the i am finding more fascinating the the side of people who are willing to tell you why they did it hmm. so we all wonder why well god how can you get how can we how do we get into the mind of these people how do we break them down but there's actually mm-hmm. a few people who will actually tell you why mm-hmm. they did it and you know they would do it again and I'm getting more fascinated in them I never used to I used to find them quite boring because it's like what what fun is that trying to figure them out yeah. but listening to the likes of Edmund Kemper and Des- Des- Dennis Nielsen oh god even 
fucking Dennis Rader, who I honestly, out of all the serial killers, he's the fucking worst. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to be fascinated with the people who are willing to actually tell you why. Have that's... you watched I Am a Killer, Sammy? No. Which one's that, that one? It, Is that about a... Dennis Rader? No, no, it's a Netflix one. Oh, it's sorry. one of the series ones where, like, every week they interview a killer in prison. Right. So oh, I think we've seen it advertised. Yeah, it does go into that kind of side of things. Oh, cool. I might give that a watch because it's it's honestly that is I think it's about four seasons now. That yeah. is really fascinating for me as to the there's people actually willing to talk as to yeah. why. I've seen a couple of bets. It's yeah. interesting because yeah. it's very different people as well. It's not just like they do swing widely, like some are like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I admit I did it, I regret it. You know, this is what happened. Yeah. Some are like, no, I'd do it again, type of thing, but it was an accident. <laughs> I did it and I'll um, do it again. Yeah. And there's and there's ones that you let me out of here, I'd do it again right now. Oh god, that's Edmund Kemper. That honestly, that man terrifies me more than anything in the world. But he is just so fucking fascinating just to listen to him openly yeah. talk about his whole life. He holds nothing back. At well, he all. does audiobooks now, doesn't he? He does voice. Oh my god, audiobooks. I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> he reads them in prison. They record him, and then they sell the audiobooks. So you could have listened to Edmund Ed- Edmund Kemper at some point reading an audiobook, and you wouldn't have known. Is that ethical? He has. He has a Why very he distinct voice. I don't he know will. whether it goes into his commissary. As long as it's not if if as long as it's not connected to his crimes, no. then mm-hmm. yes, because the son of Sam Law states that you can't profit off yeah. your own crime. Mm-hmm. So if, interesting, as as... it was like reading Harry Potter or something. Yeah, like it's, stuff, it's stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stuff that's not um, it's not non-fiction. It's all fictional that I'm aware of. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's it, crazy mental. <laughs> I am going to look that, look that up though now. Strangely, I'll... yeah, <laughs> he's got such a voice. Like he can totally draw you in. Mm-hmm. I think that's what John Douglas said more about him. He's just so he, he can just draw you in, and to the point where he actually, I think he said to John Douglas, and I'm sure this is in Mindhunter as well. They use this in Mindhunter where he's like, I could literally get up here and snap your neck, yeah, and I would think nothing of it. And he got so close, he scared the shit out of him. He had mm-hmm. to back away from him, but. He just laughed it off and went, ah, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> he was a monster of a man. I think similar to what Sarah was saying, there's a show on Netflix and I can't stand the man. I think he's the, like, he shouldn't be given the airtime to do anything. But for his due, there is a show called, um, like, Women That Kill. And it's got Piers yes, Morgan. Uh, he's the do... only reason I haven't watched that one. Yeah, because yeah. I can't stand Piers Morgan. Same. But, it's the only thing where his type of line of question kind of works. Because he's very good. He's very put aside how you think. Because I'm, I'm exactly the same when it comes to Piers Morgan. But that man is a good fucking interviewer. Like mm-hmm. he he asks the he asks the right questions All and he right. keeps the he keeps a tone you're not used to or familiar mm-hmm. with. He's a very different person when he's doing them types of what when he it's does. It's almost that type kind of, of like a Louis Theroux type situation where mm-hmm. Louis kind of like engages with them and brings them like in a false sense of security mm-hmm. before he starts unleashing like the harsh questions yeah. in Louis through say where Pierce Morgan had like talking to him, tell asking them to tell them stories. And then when they say something that's not quite right, he calls them on it. And yeah. it's like because you you can tell when people are just filling you with bullshit. So it's like, oh yeah, we didn't plan to kill him. He's good well, why the fuck did you take it like a, a gun? Oh, it was just out of protection, mm-hmm. but why did you need protection? It just did. And it's like very direct and like 
they, I don't think these prisoners, because they're all American, so they're all female American prisoners, so that they've never been probably talked to like hostility, like interview, because they're always like trying. I think they want to get the story, so that's kind of nicey, nicey. And yeah, thinks, let's play and, a nice little talk. And there's few people that's actually walked out of them, like like saying I'm not talking to them anymore. But he's he's never abrasive or mm-hmm. Pierce Morgan esque. It's just like as you said, he get tries to get to the story, and. Yeah. That's probably where Piers Morgan was a good journalist, but he just become a, 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 a awesome. I could say a, a prick to be honest, put it yeah. in a nice ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that was always an interesting one. But, um, what about you, Grant? Like, I know you like a bit of the dark side, shall we say? So, oh, uh, what kind of draw? What, what kind of element dr- draws you into it? I'm starting to start to get stuck up worried. That's what you should have done, Grant. You should have wrote it on the on the back on the and read. <laughs> well, it was actually it wasn't Helter Skelter, it was Helter Skelter because they couldn't spell. <laughs> I really thought for a second there when he stood up he was gonna say, Well, the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Grant. The t-shirt is actually a replica of the one that they um sold at Ted Bundy's execution outside oh, when they were oh celebrating it's oh the burn bundy God. burn um t-shirt um, bundy burn. But, um yeah. i mean the one that sent me was always paradise lost um it was the west memphis three um yeah. you know that documentary in itself is you know the, the opening sequence is one of the most difficult watches of cinema that i've ever fucking witnessed it's mm-hmm. harrowing um but i've always much the same as what Sammy's just um, said that she's getting into. I've always been interested in the people that were left to talk. I've always been fascinated by the psychology of what put these people in that mindset and the mm-hmm. the justifications for them to come out of it. I think it's because, like I said, Richard Ramirez with ACDC, I just went, hold on, he, he got that from a whole lot of Rosie? Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> what the fuck kind of crack was he smoking? A lot of it, apparently. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like the the cold Casey kind of stuff and what have you is the one that's relatively new to me. Stuff like the TV shows that you've been talking about and what have you, you know, My Lover, My Killer and all of this kind of thing is something that I'm just becoming accustomed to with it. I kind of, I like the classics, if you will. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a classic know. girl too. So what kind of classics? Oh, um, sorry. I thought my headphones went off there for a second. I was like, oh, not again. <laughs> well, like I say, the people that are kind of still alive to mm-hmm. be able to tell it. So, you know, trying to work my way, your way, whatever you might call it, through the minds of somebody like, um, I mean, Bundy's obviously not here now, but he lived mm-hmm. for long enough before he was executed for them to start picking his brains to bits mm-hmm. and what have you. And just, like I said, going down the, the psychology holes and trying to work out what made them what they mm-hmm. are. Um, I've always very, quite happily debated the concept between are you born evil or mm-hmm. are you wired up that way during childhood and i think the concept of whether you're born something or whether you're wired up that way is a lot broader than just um the Nature urge to kill yeah. yeah but it, it, yeah. it's always been that wonder as to what point did it what you mm-hmm. know at what point did dharma suddenly go you know what i'm gonna do black and decker advert or whatever it might be <laughs> um, you know, looks interesting. Point, you know at <laughs> what point did bundy's brain just go and he became what he was. And, uh, you know, obviously with people like Manson, there's, you know, a pretty cut and 
paste root into the the trauma and the narcissism that went with being a cult leader but some of them it's not quite as simple as that and that's the mm -hmm. bit that's fascinated me um let's say the the colder case stuff with the exception of paradise lost which i supported because i was a metal fan and yeah. this was presented in front of me and it was a massive miscarriage of injustice i've actually just given my uh West Memphis 3 original support t-shirt to my daughter a couple of I months I used back. to have the bracelet. I have, the, we used, you know, remember the, like, the rubber bracelets? Yeah. I used to have one of them from like back in the like late, because it was the late 90s, and I, I have no idea where it is. I pledge uh, my money. <laughs> I had that, the, the, the famous free, the West Memphis 3 uh, t-shirt that was a legit, legit one from the, uh, the campaign and mm -hmm. followed that throughout, and then, yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, it's it's an interesting one as well about the, the the instance between nurture versus nature type thing because I think like again not to like say I'm a psychologist and stuff I think a lot of people a lot of these will have like say an addictive personality shall we say and it's one of them things you know when you get addicted to something I'm not saying like you go off and start killing and doing the things to do is when they think it's like going over that line you need to push that line again so. It, it's similar, like say, with when I started like this project. I'm not going to say the cult's going to start turning like Manson, but it start off like saying, "Is it not? How many how many people can I get to join? Well, to write articles, then it become a podcast. Then it's like, what's the next thing? You you're trying to push to the next level, and that's my kind of like addiction to it type thing. Where these people, they've just got not different urges, but it's kind of like well, definitely different urges. Sorry, um, if it's basically how far they can push their threshold. Like my threshold, I can't even hurt it. Like I, I, I'll take a spider outside, so I'm, I'm soft as glass. Where it's, it's like th that type of element that kind of triggers or that act. Not to say every late because I'm not, I'm not trying not to come across as a bit of a psychopath at all. Um, but I can understand well, I that that a little bit too. I, no, I took the psychopath test. Yeah. And I only failed because of the animal part. That's the worry inside of it. I literally only failed because of the the animal part. Mm -hmm. I, there's something wrong with me. He, like, my husband discovered that today. <laughs> well, going back to what Grant said, there is actually a common thread. When you start going into the nature versus nurture side of it, they're, they're finding more and more that, I, I call them the big lot, you know, the famous ones, the, mm -hmm. the big the top, cases. The top tier. Mm -hmm. The common thread through those guys is that at some point they had a head injury as a child. Mm -hmm. Right. They ended up in hospital due to beatings from family or from uh, bullies or they fell out of trees or they got hit by cars. And there's this common thread that goes through that they have some mm -hmm. knock on the on the bonds, which then makes them go whoop, whoop. And and yeah. they they're not saying that everybody that gets hit on the head as a child is is going to be a murderer, but it is it's it's an underlining common thread that seems to be reoccurring more and more yeah. now when they go back into their yeah uh, in the history well, it's, and it's brain injury on top of trauma. Yeah, that's that's yeah. The, the that's the common thread. Um, it was <laughs> the same with well, but Bundy annoys us because there's a, like you don't know when it comes to him what's what's true and what's factual yeah the fucker just liked to talk whoever he was talking to he suited the conversation to them if you've ever heard the interviews where he did it with the priest and they were trying to say oh we're blaming it on sex it was he was sex mad he was sex crazy and but he's just sitting there going yes 
Yes, I was. He fucking wasn't. <laughs> he was such a liar. Um, well, the same as the he... son of Sam as well. Like, say, yeah. he, oh, like, say he's blaming on the well. fucking dog talking to him. Then he's like, oh, yeah. just thought. <laughs> the, see, the, the, son, the son of Sam. Oh, David. Oh, he's just so <laughs> creepy, man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still think there's something more to that than I yeah. just can't. I can't think that mm-hmm. David Berkowitz did all that. Like, no. I really can't. I think the minute so you say he had to have some kind of help or absolutely he was even too... just the timings of where yeah. he was versus the police car that was like really close to him one night. There was no feasible way he could make it from one point to another. Mm-hmm. So there, I, I mean, look I, at him. But I'm a big fan was... of there being somebody else involved yeah. in that case. And yeah. the only I think issue was dumb enough to be the fall guy though. Mm-hmm. Like, he was Dumb enough to be like the fall guy and take the rap for a Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. I got you. What were you going to say, Dan? I was going to say, the minute you only show signs of some form of psychosis by saying a dog's talk to you, yeah. that's, that's your <laughs> only bit of complete, absolute craziness in the whole yeah. scheme of things. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that you're, you're, you're resting your whole case on. And then yeah. when you, when now he's found God, so he's okay. Oh. He's in. You know, he's mm-hmm. repented his sins and he's, they, oh, David Berkowitz swears he never did it or mm-hmm. he's saying he did it for all the different reasons, you know, like they do. They go in that weird circle of, they know they're in there for the rest of their life. They're not getting out. And nine times yeah, out of yeah. 10, they'll never see death row, even though they're on death row. Mm-hmm. And they, they just, they find God, then they repent, then they say, well, I didn't do it. And then they have, oh, I did it, but I have my reasons. And then, oh, I didn't do it. And you go, they go through this whole, just don't think he's clever enough. No, I really I don't. don't. It was I a really, big scale. It was I mean, massive, and yeah. I don't think he's clever enough to orchestrate what was that, what actually happened. He's just and he, no. Sorry, David, but no. Be no. fair though. <laughs> what was it? It was the seventies though, wasn't it? So the police force yeah. and everything wasn't really the up to scratch, shall we yeah. say, back then. So New York was quite. <laughs> A different place then as well like yeah. oh new was york was incredibly <laughs> incredibly violent in like the 70s and the 80s it was like a war zone basically so mm-hmm. yeah you, you to be honest at that point you don't really know who you're fighting for because mm-hmm. <laughs> new york was terrible but fuck david <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not literally but we're not we're not starting talking about that thing well, so we're we're talk, someone in, in the chat talking about talk writing letters to prisoners and stuff I've, I've never thought about doing that i don't know if any of you guys have thought oh, about no <laughs> no that's so no. weird so went back in college like i was kind of casually part of like some of my friends joined the amnesty international like mm-hmm. group and one of the things at christmas time was they sent christmas cards to prisoners all right which I don't know who they sent them to kind of thing, but it's one of those kind of things where it's just like, you know. It's a choice, basically. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it it was a choice. choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess know. there was like some kind of list you could pick, mm-hmm. pick your prisoner from, but. Yeah. <laughs> they did used to have like a book. Yeah. Like a book of people who you could, and you got their number. You didn't necessarily know exactly what they did, but you saw who they were and you could like literally write to them. It's these <laughs> women who get, fascin- get yeah. fascinated. Like, with, oh, yeah. there's a difference between giving somebody some kind of like lifeline of like being a better person and being a weird fan yeah. girl mm-hmm. slash yeah. boy over it yeah, like, it's when oh sorry <laughs> I was gonna say it's like I 
like some people like get obsessed and want to marry him. It's just like mm. what? That was the point I was leading to was the, the whole yeah. Bundy thing. They were fucking dyeing their hair to match his victim choices. Like, how weird, man. Mm. You f- People are throwing there's... themselves at Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's like, yeah. honey. He was dead. definitely not interested in you. Yeah, no. <laughs> you are not his type. <laughs> what about you, Dan? Like, say, like, what ones, like, like draw you in type thing? Um, I, I'm not biased. I like them all. Mm-hmm. Um, purely because everything is so different. Mm-hmm. Co- copycat killers fascinate me because they're mm. just doing it for the clout, like you said. There's there's this element of that. Um, was it him? Was it me? You'll never know. Aha! Uh-huh. But what? Guess what? It was me. Um, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it's I like the ones that are. Oh, God, this is going to sound awful. I like them. I don't like them. It's yeah. the, the terminology. That's, that's needed. Yeah, you, um, you can't. You, you can't go right. You can't go right with terminology yeah. and true crime. It's <laughs> the famous people, you know, like the true crime to do yes. with famous people. And I'm not Me talking too. about serial killers, nope. that kind of fame. I'm talking about uh, famous people who have got involved in some way or another, and and mm-hmm. it just cascaded from there. Because I mean, going back to Manson, he. The, the the fascinating thing for me about the Manson case was he actually went and lived with one of the Beach Boys yeah. for yeah. a year, for an entire yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be on one of the albums. He actually is credited. Well, he's not credited on the album. He's on the B side. He's on yeah. the B side of one of them. What the fuck? Yeah, well, is that's, that where about? Was, <laughs> yeah. that's where he was I mean, going to. The, and, the, the, the property at Cecilia Drive. Cecilia yeah. Drive? That, Terry Melcher? Um, that's where he was going to. And when it turned out that it was Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski, he was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, it was Tex Watson's decision to to do that, to yeah. go there. It, it was just Manson who pointed them in the in the mm-hmm. direction. But it's it's like, my the, the case that I'd sort of put a bit together about today was actually this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people know about the murder of Dominique Dunn. I do. I'm doing and, and I, it's, it's so tragic because at every point along the way, it could have been avoided could have been avoided she was so sad yeah i mean she was only 22 when she died Uh, 83 80 yeah uh november 1982 john sweeney her boyfriend who had a long history of domestic violence against her um strangled her for five minutes in the front garden after she had kicked him out uh about a month before Mm -hmm. and um she didn't die. She was legally declared brain dead for five days, mm-hmm. but but she died of her injuries basically. Yeah. Um. And the amount of fuckery you do. You remember that case a while back with that lad that raped that girl, and he was um a champion swimmer. So yeah, yes. yeah. It mm-hmm. was very similar to that in the respect of how the judge treated John Sweeney because he had a future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, um, he was, he was, he was a good chef. Yeah, and, and, you know, he worked under Wolfgang Puck, so he must have had, you know, he must be good, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And it was like they had history and they had statements from his previous girlfriend where he beat her so badly, her eye socket was gone, Ah. you know. And he wouldn't let her testify in the case because he said it would make the jury prejudicial against him. And it's like, well, that's the bloody point. Yeah, I um... show that, you know, and but in the end they reduced it to uh 
You got two and a half, yeah. Yeah, he got yeah, two, two and a half, half years and then got and then, voluntarily he... voluntary manslaughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it was and premeditated. Fuck what the, the jury it, said. It was completely knew what he was doing when he went there. Yeah. I mean, it, the amount of cases leading up to that point from family and friends that have witnessed all the abuse over the years prior to that. And the, the saddest case was she was supposed to be in an episode of Hill Street Blues. Mm-hmm. She, well, she was. She was um, in the episode. She, she turned up to the set and she had been beaten black and blue by him the night before. This is all rumour or jungle drama. Oh, no, her, da- her, her, dad, but... her dad confirmed this. I read her dad's... Um, he did like a full... The Vanity Fair. The Vanity Fuck Fair. me, Dan, if you've yeah. read it, it's it's harrowing to listen to it. Yeah. But that is 100% true, that story. Well, she turned up anyway to the set and she was beaten black and blue and the, the special effects people went, we don't have to do anything with you because this is what you need to look like for this scene. Off you go. And they actually showed it in one of the documentaries I, I watched for this. And mm-hmm. she was a state. She yeah. was that, an absolute state. And the worst thing for her parents was that episode was released somewhere about between three to six months after she died. Yeah. And they had to see their daughter in Again. that state. And they they I mean, I understand why they did it, but they dedicated the episode to her memory. And it's like it's, just, it's so, so many bad it's taste so, type things. It's yeah. so bad taste. But that, that article he wrote was yeah. oh just a tremendous amount of strength from like you can feel the anger throughout every word he's writing. He made that guy's life live in he, hell. He did Dominic that guy Dunn, and the judge. Dominic Dunn went out of his fucking way to make sure everybody knew what he did. He it was the flyers. Have, he used to hang posters up. Yeah, he used to put posters everywhere saying, "Do you know this man's a murderer? You're eating the food of a man who's murdered my daughter." Um, her brother is actually Griffin Dunn, yep. who is in American Werewolf. Werewolf. It's Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, Dominic Dunn hits a chord. Um, it, um, another one Hollywood style. Rebecca Schaefer. Mm-hmm. That's another one that kind of hits her because yeah. that was again completely avoidable i'm sure she'd even i don't don't know if she'd because this is where stalking laws came in yeah it's because of rebecca schaefer she got shot Um, on her doorstep didn't she Mm -hmm. Um, she did she she was stalked and then shot but i've um i did one of these tours when i was in la and it was a uh it's called the deathly departed tour it's dearly departed and it's michael scott i fucking love him he's gone now though he's left la um I, i i've got many a thing to tell you about that but i can't say it online um <laughs> okay <laughs> he is i've done done it three times and we've been to the actual um they take you to the cemetery where um dominique and heather o'rourke are actually buried yeah. mm-hmm. and you do a little walk around and the weirdest thing is when you go in they give you a map and go oh there's betty page there's marilyn monroe there's hef you know and you you wouldn't know this this cemetery is in the middle of it's like no bigger than a car park mm-hmm. And it's high-rise buildings, office blocks all around it. And it is, mm-hmm. you would never know in a million years these people are there. And it, it that tour is fucking bizarre. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's, you did it three times. Well, I've been with different people every time. Right. And they're like, oh, that sounds good. Let's go on that. So I'm like, okay. He's, <laughs> um, he's gone now. He's closed shop. Um, he's moved back Back to where a minister. Oh God, I can't remember where he's from, yeah. but yeah, he's he's gone now. The whole tour is gone. Um, yeah. 
He used that... to date Graham Norton. He did. He very much mm. did. For a very, Mr. A very Norton's been time. about, though. Let's let's be honest. But, <laughs> he's um when you watch when you watch American mm. True Crime stuff about Hollywood, guarantee yeah. his face is up. going to mm. be there. He has a collection that just boggles the mind. He does massive. And, uh, his he had a, a museum out the back and uh, yes. I went out and I had a look at some of the stuff he's got because he got so giddy he was like you must come and see it for free and I was like okie dokie so off we went and uh, he's got he had Jane Mansfield's car he had the car yeah and and he was so fascinated he got the black light out and he was showing me all the blood splatter that was still on the oh, car you know he, he, collects, like, he collects death certificates um like either copies but or that's actual going, ones that's going Beyond it's going to the extreme. Oh, that that's, is like, yeah, I, I, actually, that's that, that's where my comfort levels would be like. This okay. is well, this is <laughs> this is I like I like some of his stuff that he talks about because he does talk about cases that I I don't know. Like I had no idea that Patsy Klein died in a plane accident. I do now because of his YouTube channel. Um, but the one bit that got us and kind of give us the ick was when he purchased the door that Divine yep. fell onto. When he died, yeah, it's, it's and in, he it was has in the museum. That door, mm-hmm. my god, it, it just oh, he mm, had something he, about it. He had a lot of things that were very peculiar, like he had a tooth that was allegedly uh belonged to Tex that they found in in the ranch, and it could have been anyone's, but like so probably any because you know, how many uh, people lived on the ranch, and it's like he had lunch boxes that were found on the ranch, and He's obsessed with it. He he, because he did the Helter Skelter tour, which I never went on, but he did do it. And uh, he's yeah. the one thing I will say about him is his. If any of you guys do get a chance to watch any of his videos, his knowledge, like you say, Sammy, is absolutely amazing, unreal. His but movie when, knowledge. When he stood in front of you and cried like a baby, it's kind of hard to take him seriously. So I'm oh, like, oh my ah. gosh, no, 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 no. Drama, yeah. He it's, does do it. He, he does do a lot of good for um. Forgotten celebrities. Yes, um, the, I'll the, give him the, that. The, the celebrity who has been forgotten, and they are buried somewhere within Los Angeles, and they've got no marker. He actually has a group of people who will raise money for said marker, and these people get remembered. Like I say, his movie knowledge is incredible. Yeah, his mm-hmm. obsession with Hilda is yeah something mm-hmm. that is. He was actually a consultant on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. That's like his oh. knowledge is unreal. I've talked about that that crap film. I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> enjoy it. Um, but yes, uh, what about you, Sarah? How did like what kind of draws you? What like, aspects like kind of like intrigue you in a way? Mm, um, um, while I have watched stuff about like the big names like Dharma and things like that, um, I like to, I like to find new stories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, at the moment, I've been watching a lot of like the, um. Indian based ones. Right. Oh good God. Um so like you brave uh, girl. Murder in a courtroom and stuff like that in India yeah. is one of the ones that I've 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 made some notes on to talk about later on. Um I'll admit that kind of like the because of obviously the nature of where a lot of the crimes in India take place, the the police aren't as up to up uh, aren't as modern. As like mm. obviously what we're used to, so I would kind of say it's the equivalent of the police in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there are okay. some, there are some awful ones, where you know, yeah, it basically shows the police officer going into the victim's house 
to start an investigation and they're turning around and commenting on the wallpaper. Mm. Oh my God. Some of them are awful. There are a few that I've had to turn off because of things like that. But some of them, the stories that are actually portrayed are, are quite interesting, I find, because um, it's, well, basically the police are still able to be bought off in mm-hmm. some areas oh, of India. Yeah. So you tend to find that people get away with a lot more over there. Yeah. Um, but that that's that's the one that I've um I've I've got to go into later. Um I, I will say though that a lot of my um interest came from something that my mum used to collect actually, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen these before. Yeah, I've oh, got all yeah. of them. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. my dad my dad gave me his collection and he had the full collection and I've got them sitting in a box in in storage and I keep meaning to go and pick them out so yeah I've I've I've, I've got th- these are three random ones that I had that I was reading um for, for before I even moved so I only I was lucky I found them but my mom's got like about 120 of them and um uh, some of them are the mainstream stories some of them are the lesser known ones and it was kind of like the lesser known ones that I like to to mm-hmm. read a bit more um and it's like oh. grant was saying like my love of my killer and things like that i tend to watch the ones that are like a story a week a story mm-hmm. and episode things yeah um no definitely i um <clears throat> as my interest is like i've wavered away from like the big names now mm-hmm. like like i think when you when you first start watching these crime documentaries and stuff you think oh like you watch the Ted Bundys, you watch uh, like the Mansons, you watch Ed Kemmers and stuff like that. But then you, the more you watch, it's the same kind of stuff that mm-hmm. they keep going over. And especially yeah. when it's like the, like the new Netflix craze, what I said is like releasing like the, the forgotten tapes or the tapes that's never been yeah. released. And literally it's like t- 20 seconds worth of words mm-hmm. that's been said. And it's just going over, rehashing the same. It's not changing the narrative. I've not watched any of the new Netflix ones about the big names. Yeah, no. it's it, it's not changing the narrative. It's just again no. putting putting yeah. the name out mm-hmm. to make it and relevant because it's a name. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Okay. But for me, for them ones, like again, if if that's what what you do enjoy, then that's great. But mm-hmm. it's kind of prolonging the agony for like the families and for the like the victims that potentially like say still go through when they keep bringing out the same narrative or the same stories and stuff like that, or telling different ways and how like they were killed and it, it that's where i think from my level it's kind of like oh i can probably switch off but where i'm getting more intrigued and again this is probably me just showing me age now um it's like uh the ones that's on channel four like the uh, police 24 hours in police custody like them yeah. are absolutely riveting when like, they get the two-part episodes like the last one was the honey trap where I need to rewatch t- that because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, where these two young girls had basically um go like met people online who they knew had money or like had like things that they wanted and start flirting with them and pretending they have a relationship and then like say going to meet up and one of them having sex and the other one sneaking out the, the back door, leaving the door open for two big fuck off blokes to come in to rob them. And on the last one, they hid, they stabbed the guy in the leg and hit a th- uh, hit an artery. So you actually oh, see him bleed out, artery, didn't it? Yep, oh. see him bleed out and die. So it was kind of like the investigation behind that. It was just and how the police went about it and like the, the checks, the levels they got. Like one of the guys who did it bought a a coat that only six people in the UK can buy, 
um because it was like 1800 pound pound coat and it was just like a puffer jacket so that's that. so that's how they <laughs> caught him because he had this puffer jacket and it was just like craziness stuff like but that's kind of it's almost harping back to the days as i said before watching like crime watch and stuff like that yeah um, watching the detective side of it um mm-hmm. i had a bit of a, a bad time at the beginning of last year and this is how i got this is how i spend my days i binge watched 24 hour in police custody <laughs> oh fuck's wrong with me i don't know what's wrong with this that's how that's my downtime that's how i like switch off i i literally watch from episode one up to up to date of last year Mm-hmm. Of that whole series, I was fucking invested in these policemen and their work. Well, that's always quite interesting as well because you can always know at the start of the episode if the if the person's guilty or not because if the blur is fierce out or not. So- yeah, <laughs> I didn't, re- and yeah. I also I didn't realize with that show the reason we don't get them as regular is because we have to wait a certain crime period of time after the crime happens mm-hmm. for them to go to court for it then to be able to be released to the public. I genuinely didn't know that. Like, I was just like, oh, well, we're just not getting another episode. I told Paul about this, but someone that used to work for our company, um, we were a recruitment agency, so we have a lot of staff turnover, mm-hmm. um, actually was on an episode of 24 Hours in Police Custody. Which one? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, yeah the, I mean, it's all gone to court and he's been found guilty and everything. Um, we didn't mm. know him, know him. He just worked mm. for the business. For, and it was yeah. only a very short amount of time, so it wasn't like... He was a trusted employee. Yeah. Um, but uh, his name was Kestutis Bowsies, and uh, he murdered his girlfriend when he was drunk. Um, oh. And it ended up on 24 hours, and it was in the, the town that I work in, and it was it was one of the worst cases you just had to sit through and watch because mm-hmm. he was so he didn't he didn't care what he'd done. Yeah. There was no remorse at all. Oh he God. just he was just like, yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that was it. It was purely, it was purely that. And it, it that, that was the hardest thing about it all. She was mm-hmm. just his girlfriend and they were having a drink and an argument got out of hand and then mm-hmm. something happened. And, and yeah, but so ah. th- I think for, for me, just sitting watching that episode and seeing how matter of fact he was, scared the shit out of me you know like yeah. you say sammy you don't want it on your doorstep it was one of yeah. those things where you sit back and you're like Oof. it's mm-hmm. too that- it's too real like mm-hmm. we live it as nerds we live in a world of fantasy mm-hmm. we live in a world of you know this isn't real yeah. this is you know we mm-hmm. are just visually looking at this but yeah. when it becomes real then you're like yeah. fuck no my brain can't fucking yeah. take that that's yeah. like any slaughter movie but i cannot take that shit see that's why i prefer other than you i know you like 24 hours but I mm-hmm. I like forty eight hours. Um, oh, the, the American, American one, one. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, like that. it's so far away from home. It's it's like okay, yes, mm-hmm. it's a shooting every week, but still, it's like mm-hmm. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I can disassociate and I can watch yeah. that and go. Oh, I've been yeah. there, but I don't live there, you know, or yeah. or I don't work there. I am, a, I am a good distance away from where yeah. everything is going on. Did anyone used to watch the Homicide Hunter? Um, uh, <sighs> Jack, God, Detective oh, Ken, jo- Kendra? Kim, yes. Kim, Kim, uh, oh, John my Kendra. husband absolutely loves that man. He can just. My mum loves that one. It's <laughs> the fact, it's his voice mm-hmm. and how calm he is. Oh, and how collective he, he is. He, he, to be fair, though, he was one cocky bastard, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he should, like, narrate CSI. Like, the drama. <laughs> 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 they dramatize yeah. it. 
But Ouch. um, but just coming back a little bit to what Dan said about being on your doorstep, because I know I talked about this on the last episode, but just to touch on it again, um, because there's been a few uh, like say I think crime uh done in, like a murder town on it, but um in Sunderland we had a serial killer called the Sunderland Strangler, uh. I think it was uh, Stephen Graveson or Stephen mm-hmm. or Lee Graveson. It was yeah. one of the names. Um, that was scary for me because it was literally round the corner from where I lived. I know I was a bit younger uh, than the, the the lads he murdered, um, but I used to hang about with his sister. Oh my god! Yeah, all right. Yeah. So all right. That, that I'm reading about it now, like his like. Because basically the the big thing with like with him, it was he was he was gay, but he, with him being a northern lad and from Sunderland and like being from the time, it like to to be gay was very looked upon. So he was like having sex Positive. with these teenage boys and to hide like his his homosexuality, he was killing them. Why? <laughs> and I know that we lived near each other, but mm-hmm. I can't even remember this happening. Yeah, but he got away with it for quite a while because, mm-hmm. as you said, with the police back then, they weren't looking into like homosexual cases. As too, they just didn't want to touch them, man. Yeah, that that was that was the sad thing about it. But it's, <laughs> it's always quite scary. Um, I've um, got another local one that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's it's in two days' time. It's actually fifteen years since this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Paul, because I know you're um quite near me actually um the one at the harbour lodge bed and breakfast next to weirmouth bridge all right Um, you know there's two um um on the north side of weirmouth bridge obviously there's a couple of shops on one side and there's the Mm -hmm. um car hire place opposite yeah um there's two b&b's that are there and they used to be one lodge i think it's called um i think it's barclay and the the harbour lodge yeah, there's two there, and um, they used to be notorious for it would be where they put um people who weren't very well off, people who basically were homeless, or mm-hmm. um, it would be what what, what was called the DFS. Mm-hmm. Rooms. It used to be like first if you got released from prison as well, you get used to get sent there. Yeah, as well. like a halfway yeah. house and stuff like yeah. that. Um, basically, in two thousand and eight. Two men murdered two homeless men in the basement of that um B and B with shovels, and they, they hit them so hard that the shovels broke. <gasps> and apparently, it was uh, it was just like a, um an abattoir inside when the police found it. Um, it was it was quite Jesus. a big case. It was I'm a horrible case. This. It was horrible because the thing was right. I remember the police tape being there because I was getting the bus into town every day at that point. And mm-hmm. the bus, it's like basically the curb is there, the bus is there. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, the B&B is here. So you were like less than five metres away from the room where it happened as the bus went past. It was it was awful. I mean, they, they were caught very soon after. Frankie. But it was just so scary that something so <sighs> atrocious and like brutal could happen, like literally... Oh, it was basically understand. a wall between where you would walk on the street, and mm-hmm. that happened on the inside of the wall. I found that really scary. Right? Yeah. Did I did I mention on the last one about the one that happened outside my my actual doorstep? No. So I'm I'm from I'm from a little village called Shiny Roll. I have lived here all of my life, but I have scattered away from time to time. But five years ago, me and Anth moved back. I literally live on the street that I grew up in. Um. 
And we moved back and a, a woman who was a nail technician, I believe, um, from Manila, I could be wrong, um, was murdered right. in my village. Oh. And she was put into a car and she was set on fire, not few meters away from where we are sitting right now in the car and um, mm-hmm. it was it was all over the, the local news and um, the two guys who did it so what had happened was she was called out she worked for a nail business but i think she did other business on the side and she was yeah. called out to a job in shiny roll and to this two guys house now these two guys they met in prison mm-hmm. one was done for arson of a old man's house he he set the house on fire while he was inside and stole from him. The mm. other one was, I believe, the R word. I don't want to say it, but, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, so he was done for that. They met in prison. They then moved to Shiny Row. She comes to the house. They do the most, you know, unthinkable things to this poor lady. Um, they steal from her. They go to... They go, they go to Shiny, which is just just here. Um, they go to Shiny. They use her bank card, um, purchase dinner on her, mm-hmm. have dinner, put her in the car, drive her not a few feet away from where we're sitting right now, set the car on fire, and walk away. I think these I two men, these yeah. two men combined their previous crimes on this one woman. This thing, is why uh, reform in our mm-hmm. fucking country does not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well, I don't think you mentioned this one on the podcast as well. There was a very famous one, especially in the Northeast, that happened outside of your work. If you remember oh. that one, Sammy. Yep. The woman yeah. worked who worked at, I'll not say the name of the, the, the company. My but place. she had a Yep. She had a, a, a person speak to her and she found out where she was and he stabbed her in the car park. He didn't. There was a note. I can't tell you the story because I actually know the person. Right. Um, it, that did happen, mm-hmm. but she knew him. Right. We worked in the same building. I'm very good friends with the person who it is, and um, she's very much alive. Um, but oh, yeah, he. Oh no, no. It and it. I know exactly who it is, and I will not say her name. But she, yeah, yeah. She got took to the. They went to the car park. They used to see each other. They went to the car park, and he stabbed her with a screwdriver. Um, and she oh, walked we got told into. That, like say when, when I went in for the interview, said that's why they said we couldn't go outside. No, no, uh, she was. She dragged herself into the building, mm-hmm. um, and it was a horrific scene. But she is very mm-hmm. much alive. The girl is doing very well. Horrific court case, but um, yeah, that was mm-hmm. that. That was, I remember that day. It was fucking horrible. Yeah, I live in the worst place. No, I really, have, really do. We have one not so far away, and you'll all know the name when I say it. Um, Joanna Dennehy. Right. Mm-hmm. She is fucking yeah. the devil, that woman. She moved here to Peterborough, which is, I don't mm-hmm. live in the city. I live in a little village outside, um, mm-hmm. far enough away from her, thank God. But the things that she did, I she's the mm-hmm. one that fascinates me psychology-wise. Because yeah. she's another Aileen, Aileen Warnus type mm-hmm. in the sense yeah. of that, she was psychologically wronged for years, but then she flipped it because when you see her upbringing, she had one of the most privileged upbringings any of yeah. these people have ever had. She was, her mum said until the age of like 14, 15, she was one of the most, like she studied, she mm-hmm. was social, she had absolutely 
no um not a bad bone in her body she'd do anything for anyone and something clicked in a mm-hmm. in the pu- you know in puberty years Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she she managed. I don't know how much she was involved within the murders themselves, or whether she did them. I think to a degree she had something to do with them because it's one of those ones that because it's so close to home, I try not to think about it too yeah, much. I'm not surprised. Like, please, yeah. she is evil. We have mm-hmm. these these drainage systems here called dikes because we right. they, it, where we live is incredibly flat. We have no hills here. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as a hill. So the drainage ditches are called dikes. And what she did was she coerced these two slightly um, less intelligent gentlemen, shall we say, to do Mm -hmm. her bidding for her. And uh, they yeeted these men into these drainage ditches. Mm -hmm. And they weren't found. So they were spread a bit further than Peterborough at the time, but it it mainly all started from around here. Um, And uh, I just remember thinking to myself, that's odd. It, it was such a bizarre case because women are not your typical. Yeah, it's not your go to, is it? She had kids no. as well. Yeah. Like she had a relationship with somebody, and apparently, I, I think I'm remembering, I think it's her. Like she was like really into drugs, but then when she got pregnant, she just stopped it. Yeah. Had the kid back on the drugs, had, mm. had another kid, stopped it back on the drugs. And then <laughs> I think her, the, I don't know what like uh, legal status they were but her partner then at some point either kicked her out or she went and he was like right I have custody of these children kind of thing but mm-hmm. I think she used it, to just do disappearing acts she yeah. just disappear for, for months on end like and leave him with the babies it, it, it's yeah it's very like gender roles but mm-hmm. it, it is kind of a, mothers shouldn't do that kind of thing mm-hmm. like yeah. he, 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 that's kind of like it's like um like rose west you know yeah. mm-hmm. people like that are terrifying mm-hmm. because you know they're meant to be looking after people not it's when they don't have that maternal instinct yeah. it's just like but just they just see them as, yeah. it's, it's actually something i wrote about part of my degree was in criminology and although i can't remember in detail what my final essay was about that it was a lot based on how women are portrayed when they've committed serious crime mm-hmm. compared to men who are portrayed yeah. you know it's like kind of like um a lot of the cases that I looked at, I found that even when a man was the main culprit of the crime, it still kind of somehow was often linked back to a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did it because mm-hmm. of an ex. He did it because he's, he had a bad upbringing by his mother. Yeah. Um, things like that. And I mean, I know I remember writing about um, when, when I was writing it, Myra Hindley had died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. the headlines okay. in the newspaper and I mentioned that in it because... I remember one of the headlines was "The Devil Is Dead." Yeah, such a good um, headline. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great headline. It was just kind of more to do with them um, how women are portrayed as more monstrous when it's them who commits mm-hmm. the crime, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to murder and things like that. Whereas, yeah. Although men are seen as like you know evil and things like that, women are seen as mad, it's, insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's I like think almost like always not expected to, to be a male yeah. type. Like, yeah, like like, like, like not sexual deviance as well. Yeah. Um. No, not like Rosie. Um. My my dad on the when I told him that we did the last one, he was like, "Oh, you should have had me on as a guest," because my dad <laughs> was the officer who was um in charge of watching Rose West while he was a prison officer, um, and oh he could eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah he was like oh you should have had me on I was like you would not have you wouldn't have said anything he was like 
probably not, but I could have answered questions. I was like, what? Like a, <laughs> what? She did fuck all? <laughs> yeah, what were you going to say there, Lauren? I was going to say, like, some people, like, yeah, they twist it, especially with women, but people like Mara Hindley definitely deserve the title of devil because oh, she I'm was... Oh, I'm not denying that at all. She, she mm-hmm. was a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And but For me, it's the ones that drag it out till the end. They'll do the murder. Mm-hmm. They'll not... It was the not telling the families where they were buried. Yeah. 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 Like, there's still that poor little yes. boy. They died with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. uh, to me... I, you can quantify murder, although you can't understand why, and you you don't agree with it, and you don't. It's the the ongoing pain by proxy they're causing the family mm-hmm. by dragging out this weird yeah. sense of pleasure that they get from having that upper hand yeah. still. It's like the a whole kind of like time. a control aspect, isn't it? Yeah. Though as well, yeah, yeah. everything um, they've got. Yeah, because I think Ian Brody, like towards the end, just didn't want to do it for a day out. So I'll show you where the body is, and just went for a walk yeah. around the mirrors. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's. That was kind of He's like tucking his... the sights of where he did it. Yeah. Sick and Horrible. sadistic man that he is. And I know it's like going along this subject for quite a while. So Lauren, what kind of drew you in? <laughs> oh, poor um... Lauren. Sorry, <laughs> love. I mean, I, but back to like Fred and Rose West. I remember that. I remember yeah. them in like the early nineties. That happening because my parents didn't really like. They went like, oh, it's the news. You know, don't watch this kind of thing. They just kind of let, let me wander in and out and watch this. Because we were but, 90s kids, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, think on, I think it was on Newsround as well. Like, I don't know if I'm misremembering that, but if you're 90s kids, you remember Newsround and like, yeah, be, like news the watered down version of the news. And I, re- I, I remember them like reporting from like, you know, Promo Street. Promo Street. <laughs> and the day, Street. The, the day that they demolished the house, yeah. it was on fucking GMTV like, or something. It, being, <laughs> it, being on, it was huge. It was huge. And then, like, growing up again through the 90s, horrible, like, stuff happened. And, mm. you know, like, stuff like Millie Dowell and Sarah Payne and, like, children mm. going missing. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it kind of like, brought it to reality because yeah. it was like if you're not careful this is going to happen to you kind of thing so yeah you'd... i think it mm-hmm. generally could happen so yeah so almost like a self-protection type thing to get into it <laughs> <laughs> almost, so you know. almost, yeah. i don't i don't know that i ever watched it that i just kind of like Mm-hmm. I liked being informed. I think I liked kind of like absorbing current facts and affairs. Like yeah. it, it wasn't just like horrific mm-hmm. murders. I'd be interested in like mm-hmm. it was just like a form of learning to me. And then when I kind of like start to grow up, I did a bit of psychology in college, mm-hmm. and nature nurture came into it. And obviously, that's a big pull because mm-hmm. um, we were talking earlier about the head trauma aspect that's that's very much something because i feel a lot of like youtubers who do crime like there's um bailey sarian but i also watch um daniel kirsty and um kendall ray and stuff mm-hmm. and i find a lot of these youtubers interesting because they will op- often they take the time to where appropriate talk about the victims mm-hmm. because because yeah. some families don't like it they don't like it so obviously mm-hmm. in that case they, they won't talk about them out of respect for the family's wishes but i i can't like is the wrong word but i value where you learn about these people 
Yeah. And they're not just a statistic and they're not yeah. just like yeah. it's a person. Not... Yeah, it's a person. So it's a life. It's a life that's it's being life. destroyed. And then yeah. that kind of makes it detaches the killer and it just yeah. makes them seem more evil because you yeah. kind of learn about and like they've, they've taken away this person yeah. that is a real person. Yeah. It's just not just a name or like say a tick like another mm-hmm. uh, like a tick box type situation. But yeah, I, I derailed myself there. But there's um it's called McDonald's McDonald triad or something. Right. It's about another theory within like killers where it's these three things that have if people display this in childhood, they it's not saying they will be a serial killer, but it's mm-hmm. bedwetting, fire setting, and hurting animals. Right. And yeah, if these yeah. if the kids display all three, then it's just like almost like well, that was a oh, firebug when I was a kid. So there, that uh, was a firebug, but yeah. I didn't wet the bed and no. I didn't hurt animals. It's like, no, I've but... got a story of telling about with firebugs. We'll leave that for a little mm-hmm. bit later. So. <laughs> but yeah, when when these people do all this in childhood, it is very often that mm-hmm. they have a tendency to not quite be right. Yeah, kind of obviously. But then mm-hmm. again, a lot of these do come from like the trauma of like. Mm-hmm abuse or head injury and it yeah. is kind of important to report this like not mm-hmm. so you think because again people do say this you can kind of understand that these people have been traumatized and hurt and stuff but still be like they're an evil piece of shit yeah but they're an e- yeah, is, is it because mm-hmm. they were tortured or were they just born wrong it's um, I think with a lot of things as well it's like as you said it's how prepared they are to go to that next level because you probably mm-hmm. can show the signs yeah. or you can have the traits but still you could still have the moral compass or like exactly. this the that belief to stop yourself from doing things because we all get them not let's <laughs> go sound wrong we all get them uh, thoughts where you think oh, I could kill someone but you wouldn't actually go through and do it. Mm-hmm. Or like say if someone annoys you so much, uh, probably is goodwill, sorry, uh, where you can <laughs> feel like straggling them, but you think, no, you never would push yourself to them to them limits as well. It's the, it's the person that kind of doesn't have that stop gap or that thought process where it thinks I'm annoyed, but I'm not going to take it out. I'm going to mm-hmm. act like an adult and not, uh, or I'm not, I'm going to act like a human being, not just an adult. Well, it's it's you taking responsibility for your mental health. Your mental health yeah. puts you puts everything into perspective for you, whereas other people tend to not. And that trauma then builds and builds and builds and becomes something that is. I just want to put a disclaimer out there. Goodwill, you're safe. I am not going to kill you. Don't oh worry, yeah, goodwill. Good I would never <laughs> let him hurt you ever. But yes, um, one of the things I did want to touch on as well, because uh, one of the things I've I have found fascinating, like recently or even the last few months it's not just like the murder true crimes um especially like in america or even like one of the recent ones i've watched about there in italy is um the sporting ones the sporting crimes yeah. like um like match fixing uh points shaving um like throwing games and it's mostly in america it's based on american college uh either basketball or college football players where these young young people are coming from like the ghetto or nothing, put in a position where they've been given like the limelight of like college football and the and they don't get paid anything. They've still got to pay for their own tuition, got paid for food and board, 
and the college like institution are making millions and millions of pounds out of them till they like, go there. So then these shady characters come in the background and kind of tempt them into like not even like thousands of thousands of pounds. We're talking a couple of hundred quid just so they can eat or just so they can buy themselves new trainers and stuff like that. And the way the police and the American institution come down on not the people that's kind of like the people who are in the background and think they're getting like two years suspended sentence. And then these kids are getting like three years in prison in prison and then banned from all sports for life. And it's just crazy when you watch like that type of element come into it. And like the same with the, the like I've watched the, I don't know, it was a huge on the news in, in like a few years ago was uh, the Juventus scandal where the sporting director of Juventus had uh, some clout or power with the referees association. So he kind of used it. We had to get the referees he wanted and getting decisions he wanted. So Juventus would be either win the league or be up there. And the way the police went after these people, like putting money in wiretaps where you're thinking if they were committing like fair enough, like sport and everything, it's big money, but these big money in type institutions where they've been concentrating, like the police force on it's like, if you had these resources on other crimes or other things, would this not like say, would, would it be not better suited to go after the real well, not in real mode, like things and stuff like that. But it's just shocking how they went after these people because they institute like money or sport and stuff like that, where murderers and stuff can get away with stuff for so long or not looked at in different ways. Well, it's yeah. a class. It's a class of society with the sporting, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's if you've got the mm-hmm. money, you can get away with it. But money, if you yeah. haven't got any money, then you're you're going to prison. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which is the scary thing we do live in. That is, and you said going back to that mm. swimmer as well, because he was a well-to-do family and money, that like they weren't going to get him. And, and he was guilty as sin. The judge knew he was guilty as sin and he was going to get it. Fucking O.J. Simpson. Biggest crime or true crime we've ever watched. <laughs> and we've basically <laughs> watched him like not commit the crime, but basically Might his well guilty, guilty was all of it. But because he had money and because he had a name, and I think he got... He got found guilty not for murder, but wasn't it for like tax or something where they got Max no, in jail it was for that? Stolen stolen goods. Um stolen he goods. stole his own mer- he stole his own merchandise and got right. 36 <laughs> years for it. Fucking the so the, the OJ trial wasn't a case of like OJ, I want to say this mm. in the nicest way possible. OJ was the whitest black man going. He mm-hmm. lived in a white world. Mm-hmm. Um and he did have money. It it and he had the he had the money to back it up with the guys that he had for his defense, like the likes of Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. And we'll never understand in a million years why Robert Kardashian was yeah, actually yeah. there because he was a family fucking lawyer. He had nothing to do with criminal court at all. But he had his dream team. Um it was around the so in the 90s in Los Angeles, you had the Elliot Riots mm-hmm. and the Rodney King incident not long happening. Mm-hmm. And this and the jury that they had was predominantly black. This was their way saying "fuck you" to mm-hmm. the police, getting OJ off because of what happened to Rodney King. It was so fucking political, which is why I generally believe 
that not political that's such a wrong word wasn't it especially for what happened um but i generally believe that oj got that long-term sentence for stealing his own merchandise as another fuck you oj you are mm. now going to serve some time because that fucker he that book he brought out afterwards mm-hmm. what was the title of it if i did it if i did if i did if i did it you fucking did it <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. That's a show, like say, when it comes to money to the aspect, it changes the game for a lot of these people as well. Um, but no, like I said, that that shocked me as well. Like I know, like I we did go into it a little bit as well. The other true crime, well, call it true crime. Um, Grant will probably watch these as well. Is the Beyond? Uh, I've forgotten its name now. Is the wrestling one that was on? Um, Void outside or, of the ring. Dark yeah. Side of the Ring, that was the one. Some of the stories and things like that where wrestlers getting shanked in the changing rooms because they wouldn't play a ball. I, I think that was... Um, that broke my heart, that story. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. It was a Brody. That was it. That one broke my heart. I bawled my eyes out at that. Yeah, and like the Ric Flair incidents and everything that happened on like the uh, the famous uh, flight from hell. And if, again, because wrestling is larger than life and the characters who are in it are larger than life and here some of the exploits what they get up to or get away with is just mind-blowing and shocking to the 10th degree and i know that uh they're talking about doing a, a new season as well so it'll be quite interesting That's to see cool. season four um who or what stories are going to be told in that but anyone that that isn't like sports or true crime even just true crime, watch them because they are so far mm. beyond believable. And um, like saying sad in aspects, like say the sad stories, really sad. there's stories that make you mad. Like the Jake to the Snake one is just harrowing to watch. But then you've got Chris Benoit. Yes. Yeah, someone, Laura's just, mm-hmm. uh, why oh, Benoit yeah. even slipped my mind. Yeah. When you talk about wrestling, when you talk about sport mm-hmm. crime, uh, yeah. Benoit is should have been at the forefront but he's yeah. another one like Chris Watts mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, then I just I just growl oh. when I think hear his name <laughs> sorry Grant no um I think the one with Ben Watt as well there's a lot of different angles of looking at it but I think a lot yeah. of it goes back to what uh, Dan said earlier about the the head trauma yeah. mm-hmm. um and the uh, or was I can't even pronounce it. It's the same thing that the American footballers are getting yeah. after uh, encep- something encephalic. Yeah, like encephalopathy. That's the one. You know, it's, looking I, I think it's called Chris Benoit's like background and the amount of chair shots he had and that his special move thing, that diving headbutt thing, and looking historically back at wrestlers that had used that move. And the levels of head trauma and neck injuries and disabilities that they developed later on in life. I am not in any way trying to, su- you know, suggest innocence in no. Benoit, but the the mm-hmm. circumstance surrounding those traumatic levels of brain injury and where it put his mind um, as a result is it's definitely something that we need to look at as for a result of all athletes. You know what I mean? Because rugby players are going down left, right, and center. Everybody knows I'm a massive rugby fan and there's a big link now between motor neuron syndrome and the way that um yeah uh, rugby players were constantly getting injury injuries and what have you i think we're only starting to scratch the surface with the older athletes as to what yeah mm-hmm. had happened to them over the course of the 70s and 80s when they were just getting shook up and brained every week you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There was a documentary about a, a American footballer, Gabriel who, Hernandez. Yes, uh huh. And I have never, I got so angry at that, and not for the reasons that I should have. Obviously, what he did was horrific. You can't take away from the crime, but when is the NFL going to take responsibility? for what they've done to their players in order for trauma to be head trauma to become as bad as what happened to him and mm-hmm. the same with wrestling as well i think i think wrestling took a bit of a somewhat of a responsibility when they stopped doing them kind of shots and they did start taking well, concussions quite seriously but the nfl the thing, don't though. show any responsibility yeah but when it comes to wrestling it's not all wrestling because there is still eight companies that do take extra risks to get like say the money in mm. and as much shit as the wwe does get they have a lot more safety protocols in place yeah probably down to the shit show that happened after the ben war because like say they didn't know the full story and <clears throat> rightly or wrongly they reacted and done us a, 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 a one hour special on ben war when they realized he'd passed away on the next night and raw yeah, and was, then yeah. after they realised what had happened, they fucked up and basically backtracked heavily, which they had to. <laughs> but then they've went you know... too. Sorry. No, then they went too far on the other other side of things as well by mm. trying to bury everything that came before. And again, there's a lot of discussions and arguments about that. As I like, does his actions on that day take away not because because with Ben Moore as well. It's not just him in the ring. There's the other person that's in with them. So when yeah. you take away his work or his thing, you're taking away that other person's potential legacy and his work as well. So yeah. that's the thing that hurt. I know when you listen to people like Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho, um, they still talk about Chris Benoit before the incident and they talk yeah. about him fondly and they get a lot of backlash because of that. And same with... Um, Mick Foley, and Mick Foley is one of the nicest people in the world, but he won't talk about Ben War from what, what happened. He'll only talk about the Ben War he knew, yeah. which must be incredibly difficult for a lot of people to accept. It's them trying to make sense of like that was the, like the the person the the action doesn't reflect the person that they know. So mm. it's them trying to make sense of it. Cena did not fucking handle that at well at all. They did a Larry King interview and you had Jericho, who was a very close friend of his, and you had fucking Cena, who was a corporate kiss-ass, who was answering on behalf of the WWE and it was disgusting the way he handled it. Jericho was trying to like say, like, there's got to be answers. There's got to be reasons. There's got to be something. Like, that's not my friend. And John's like... No, no, he did it. He did it. We all have to now forget about him. Just forget about him. Oh, what fucking John right. I do like John Cena. <laughs> Am I right in saying, though, that Chris Jericho is one of the guys that bought the Dark Side of the Ring to the telly? He yeah, was he, like, he's, he's like he's one the of the producers. He's, he's the narrative. Like, he's, he does the narrative. Um, I, th- I think he's one of the producers and, and, yeah. and something like that as well. But, I mean, they do... I remember on the... Roddy Piper one they did, he was actually interviewed and said, you know, and he was talking about how much he meant to him and things like that. So I know he's been on it. That's why I was mm-hmm. just like, mm, he, yeah. he's a narrator as well, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah but but the, the sad thing about it as well is when it comes to it, the Benoit family got hurt because of it. So like his son David, that which was from yeah. a different marriage. Uh, and they basically got blacklisted and the only people that kept in touch was Chavo Guerrero and Chris Ben and Chris Jericho. 
they were the mm-hmm. only two, like few people that actually helped out and try to like bridge gaps with like say the, the the other side of the family there and it's an in I, I hate you it's an interesting story as you said there's so many different facets and so many different viewpoints um and it's it's heartbreaking in a way as you as I said the real victims in it is, is like his wife and his uh, his little son but when you hear the stories behind it and again that must be so difficult for the families to hear when they find out like what came out afterwards but as you said it is carbon copy for studies for head trauma and mm-hmm. how it can change people or affect people in different ways and again not to say that that can happen for everyone but yeah. the the more cases that do happen and have have a like it could it, it could well be we'll never excuse it but we'll try and like say potentially learn from it and like say stop it from <laughs> potentially happening from the signs there but again just to throw the question back at you guys is there any other cases or big stories that like hit you hard or like say not because it was at home or the ones that kind of affected you Ooh. can i go yep go for yeah time. um just because i've got two relatively close calls that were local as well um i went mm-hmm. to college in darlington um in the mid 90s it's why i've got this weird accent because i've been moved all around we the don't North know where you're from yeah. yeah nobody can tell where i'm from um nothing massively close but there was a case over there while i was at college over there by a guy called david harker um, I'm going to make Sammy throw up a little bit here because he's known as the Darlington Cannibal. Um, mm. He took a girl home on a, a night out and murdered her and cut her into bits and ate some of her. Um, I don't think I ever occupied the same yeah. kind of friendship circle, so to speak, as this guy, but he was part of um, the live music scene down there while I was just starting a gig. So, you know, undoubtedly would kind of cross paths over the course of the few months leading up to it. Um, which was a little bit weird. And the other one was, is it Alice Ruggles? Um, oh, she was uh, murdered in Bensham um, a few years back by a controlling piece of shit whose name I can't remember, which is just as well because he doesn't deserve to be fucking remembered. Um, but for a long, long time, I believed that I lived in the house where she was murdered. Right. Um, Jesus. It's only very, very recently off the back of the episode uh, My Lover, My Killer on Netflix that I managed to see some of the original TV footage from where they had it cordoned off and it wasn't my flat, it was the one next door. But yeah. Oh, um, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it made a lot of sense because I'd got that flat and it was 75 quid cheaper than every other flat on the um, street. I didn't know this at the time. And then one day I opened the door to a pizza shop, uh, to the pizza guy and he just looked at us and went, is this the house where that last got killed? And I looked down at Jacob, who was about What's seven at the time, and went, mm, cheers for that, mate. That's going to take some explaining. <laughs> um, but then looked into it, realised my bathroom had been done out brand new and what have you. There was marks where mm. the door had been kicked in. I just thought, <laughs> fuck. And it, was, it wasn't until that came out literally a couple of weeks ago when I saw the footage and realised it was the one next door and all of the bits about me flat that made sense was just a weird coincidence. But yeah, Jesus. that was... And I've ended up looking into that one a little bit because it involves a malignant narcissist and a, a stalker and the bloke that did it and mm-hmm. I know it just because it was so close to home it's one of those smaller ones that I went and looked at a lot um, mm-hmm. and I've always kind of hung on to that one yeah, a little bit as well both of them because oh. both of them were 
close for different ways. Obviously, the first one with the guy in Darlington, it was the fact that I have probably had brushed past him at gigs and, you know, maybe even stood and had a pint with him because of the amount of mutual friends and what have you that were mingling. And then mm. the Ruggles one, just because it was so like, whoa, really? It's your fucking like, house. Not... Dude, you yeah. live yeah. there. <laughs> I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not one for ghosts and hauntings and that kind of thing, but it still it's... left me with quite an uneasy feeling after I found out. Mm-hmm. There was an um, energy there. Yeah. Oh, my God. What about, what about you, Lauren? Um, It's hard to say. I, I spent most of my life in Birmingham, and Birmingham is mm. quite a big city, so... I wouldn't say I'm desensitized mm-hmm. to like murder and things and stabbings, but it, it's Birmingham. Like a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot kind of goes on here. But mm-hmm. there's a couple of things. There's um, I think one case that really like I never could quite detach from as a kid was the Dunblane tragedy. Yeah, if we're going to oh, count that yeah. as that as um, yeah. true crime because I was in primary school when that happened and. Mm-hmm. I went to a little country primary school because I grew up in like the countryside at first and it was just horrifying Yeah, to just like picture mm-hmm. that I think with that one it was to... so scary because you hear about the American ones and having yeah. it over here like being yeah. more yeah the brutal like that one I remember the day when you're mm-hmm. you watching it it's close to Mother's Day wasn't it yeah mm. I remember, I remember. But what a powerful movement after that yeah, like, really tragic incident. Yeah. They've them them people fucking fought and mm-hmm. look at look at our statistics in comparison to some parts of the world. Yeah. Like there's no fucking nonsense after it. It's no. just like <laughs> yeah, did it. None. None. There was a brilliant and... documentary done not long ago about that. Fantastic work from them people. Them parents are so strong. No fucking Charles Hesson saying they'll take this gun out of my dead dying hand. No, fuck that. <laughs> mm. There's oh. a there is a case though, or two cases, because I wanted to speak about this because it will sound made up. But mm. there's the Pipe Pace murders, which it's two murders that happened 160 years apart. The first wow. one was Mary Ashford, who was murdered in 1817 when she was 20 years old. She was coming home from a dance at this pub, which is still there. It's like one of the oldest pubs, like in the city, like right down, like a few miles away from where I am. It's um, and there was a dance there. She was whatever they did in the eighteen early hundreds, but she was found in a gravel pit mm-hmm. around the area. It's now Pipe Pace Park, which have got a lovely big fun fair set up there right now. But she'd been assaulted and left to die and drown in this gravel pit. They right. tried to convict this local labourer. He got he got acquitted. And fast forward until 1974, um, Barbara Forrest, who was also age 20, was murdered. Very similar place. Like she was murdered just. She was found just on the edge of Pipe Pace Park near this big road called Chester Road, which is a hugely long road. She'd been out in the city with a boyfriend. He'd put her on the bus and she was just found dead. They were both found around about Whit Monday. So mm-hmm. they'd, but they'd both last been seen on May 27th, which is why I say it sounds made up. Mm-hmm. They were both 20. They were they both found on May 27th. They were mm-hmm. both found in the same kind of like area, like Parkland down mm-hmm. in like North Birmingham 
and the guy also in this case was acquitted mm-hmm. and he, the the two the two suspects had the same se- same surname which was Thornton this is true this is true like That's this fucking crazy it's it's messed up it's messed up but they were both both assaulted and um yeah it, it's really spooky so, so are they re- related or anything or was it just that the same surname i think it's just coincidence but it's hard to tell because it's 160 like the guy who killed who was acquitted of the first murder emigrated to america Right. So they're probably not related, but it's just so strange. That's it's it. just yeah. so strange. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I don't know. It's like I'll even get my head around it. Creepy. Yeah, it's already creep it's just so creepy. I wonder if in so <laughs> many so years creepy. the same thing is gonna happen again with the same <laughs> like, I hope not. it's gonna like but... be a pennywise situation. Uh-huh. But no, it's just it's just a very like mm-hmm. that's kind of like stuck with me as well because yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they were both young lasses and they both just they'd been on a night out the same yeah. night. And then mm-hmm. Which is the sad horribly. case for a lot of different stories always like end that way as well, though that's a scary thing. But yeah, God, that's, that's, that's that, that, it, it it there's not a huge amount of information. It's not a very famous case or cases, mm-hmm. but no, type Hayes murders if you wanna anybody wants to Oh, I will look into that. Go one. have a little look. That's crazy. You? What about you, Sarah? Um, it's not one that affected me personally, but there was um, a little while ago, um, a member of the family who we didn't know about at the time was looking at the family history mm-hmm. and came across a few um, cases that were interesting, but ultimately we either couldn't 100% rule them as part of the family or we definitely ruled them out as part of the uh, family. But the, the two cases were quite interesting to me. I mean... The, the the one that we did rule out was there were two brothers in the Guy Fawkes conspiracy who would go by the same surname as Ooh. me. Uh, there was um, so you, is that where you get your little defining streak from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so for a while we did think they were part of our family tree, but uh, thankfully not. They're from a different strain of winters. Right. Um. I would be proud of that. <laughs> I'd, I'd, well, I, I thought it was yeah. quite a cool fact, but it was later confirmed that they weren't ours. Right. Um, um, the other one is this hasn't been, we couldn't figure out either way whether he was or was not part of our family. But there's a place up near um, near Morpeth called Winter's Gibbet. Right. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> do, sorry, do Gibbet you know what is Midler. You know what gibbets are? Yeah. I have no yes. idea, but it sounds hilarious. Basically, like a big wooden pillar. It looks mm-hmm. a bit like uh, a single gallows, but it's, it's a not metal. That funny then. <laughs> not <laughs> where <laughs> I live. <laughs> yeah, not where I live. That's not what it's called where I live. It's the inside cage instead of a noose. And mm-hmm. they either put like somebody in there to starve to death or they put a dead body in there. Oh, yeah, that's not hilarious at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a one called Winter's Gibbet near Morpeth. Um, and this is from like 1791, this one. So there was a lady who called um, Margaret Crozier who lived in a village up there. And a fellow named William Winter believed her to be quite well off. So him and two female accomplices, uh, Jane and Eleanor Clark, broke into her house, murdered her and robbed her. Mm-hmm. This sounds um, charming. Uh, very charming people. 
Um, the three of them were hung at Westgate in Newcastle um, in 1792, but William Winter's body was taken to Stang Cross, which wasn't actually far from where the murder site was, and hung in the gibbet for many years until even his clothes had rotted away. Jesus. Why, that's I mean, brutal! <laughs> some people have said that they've seen his ghost up there, but um, yeah, the 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 um, gibbet was taken down and then re-erected and then and then I, I think it's up at the minute. Mm-hmm. I believe they put it back up. Um, but yeah, that they couldn't be ruled out as. So I think we're going for a day trip to have a look up at it now. So. <laughs> I'm going to go and see this. I've never even heard of it this was, before. Uh, yeah, it was. It it's it's not something that like. Uh, <laughs> But I'm I'm quite sure I want in the family tree or not, but we couldn't rule it out as either yeah. for or against. But it was it was something interesting that I looked a little bit for like into. So don't fuck with Sarah and don't fuck with Sammy. <laughs> That's what that was sort yes. of learned now. There's, there's a little bit of um could be in in, uh, in there if we're talking is... about like say that if it's nature rather than nurture type thing. Mm. Um, that is so insane. We only found on mine that some bugger married two people and the family tree branched off. And one had a, something to do with a brothel in the local area. That they, have you got the address? So... <laughs> I mean, on the, other si- on the other side of the family tree, um, on on my mother's side, my granddad was interviewed for Wearside Jack, but a lot of I think everyone was well with him. A lot of men um, were yeah. at the time. I, yeah. I forgot to mention this on the last one, but Anne's dad was actually interviewed for the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah, the, and, yeah, because he was a miner from. Sunderland, so mm. that's where yeah. I was like, I've completely forgot about that. Yeah, I think that... everyone in the northeast was basically interviewed yeah. at one point. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. that was the story. That was the story that one. Well, there was two stories that affected me really badly, and mm. I was born the year he was caught, mm-hmm. um, Peter Sutcliffe, yeah. and only now they're releasing what he actually really did to those women. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was kept very under wraps i don't know whether it was time or whether it was propriety or it was just they the families didn't want it released but now you're actually finding out like mm-hmm. with one of his victims he put her inside of an old sofa around the back of a um one of these yards places like just abandoned places he found and it was an old sofa with sofa cushions mm-hmm. and he put her under the sofa and he would go back and see her yeah, and he would visit her over a long period of time, um, and he'd do different things to her body, like put makeup on her and brush mm-hmm. her hair. And when they found her, um, they only found her because her arm was sticking out of the sofa because she hadn't been put away. Um, and the amount of times that the police were only like a hundred yards away from her, ten yards away from her, and they never knew she was there. And that's just one of them. But he, he wow. you're finding out more and more how atrocious he really was because everybody just thought okay he's a bloke he's out there he's killing mm-hmm. prostitutes he's the yorkshire ripper he's trying to be jack the ripper you know oh. that but mm-hmm. when you actually find out the magnitude of the sick torture he did to the women yeah holy shit that's that stays with you that does no. that really does Mm-hmm. Not all of them were even sex workers. No, no. no. One yeah. or two were, yeah, or supposed to the have been. The whole got tired of that. Yeah, they didn't connect them all because some were nice girls and yeah. weren't some, some 13, 14 year olds yeah. as well. Yeah. I know there were some very mm-hmm. young girls yeah. at some point as well, and it was just like 
oof, when you, when I was old enough to understand the magnitude of the story and and how much you'd actually done, and then coming into lockdown and there's more and more stories out there, and you, you just go, oh, I know that one. And then when Netflix did that. Mm-hmm documentary they hardly touched on anything and I was just like I was quite not disappointed because that's not the right word but it seemed like Mm -hmm. they weren't really bringing like you say bringing anything new to the story Um, yeah the BBC did an absolutely fantastic one it was very victim driven it was you know it was such it was probably the first time that it made me sit up and think holy shit like we totally fucking glamorize a lot of these mm-hmm. pe- a lot of these mm-hmm. monsters yeah. get and this this documentary didn't do that yeah. it, it's absolutely fantastic it's a three-parter on bbc so fucking good it was the one where they actually showed that the police were incompetent and basically yeah. cunts i'm going to use the word because they were complete no, cunts, they were. Uh, yeah to, mm-hmm. what to they the did was atrocious that. um yeah. but yeah, I have like the guy in charge just like refusing to be like, oh no, he, he mm-hmm. can't be. He, he's from where? What the the hoax tape? Uh, from uh, the yeah. northeast. It was from Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah. They said it was from a yeah. Amal yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my yeah. my father in law got um, interviewed as part of that roundup. The majority, probably a lot of our family members, got no, rounded up at that time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that, my that's... That that was the only t- only time when I asked my mum about like like when you hear about these stories about like like Mary Hindley and stuff like that. I, I said to my mum, when you were younger, were you ever scared of any of these? She went, only time I actually got scared and didn't go out was when the Yorkshire was about. Yeah, my other it's one was cold. Jill Dando, the Jill Dando. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, there's going to be a documentary this year about her. I was 19 at the time when she died, but uh, my mum was a special in the Met Police. Um, and my she was dating one of the DIs um, Mm -hmm. that was on the case and um, it was such a a shock and the lack of information that the the police were getting and the cooperation from anybody at the time it was just they were trying to the the guy that my mum was dating was like mm-hmm. he wasn't telling us things we weren't allowed to know, but he was kind of keeping you in the loop as if to say, you know, we're trying, we've tried everything, you know, and they're, they're uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're still convinced it was Barry George. Yeah, they're still convinced it was him, but he's been he was acquitted on a retrial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, been he's been done twice and still yeah. cannot they cannot pin it to him. But, but I think there's a documentary this year coming out. Yeah, um, about the whole case. Because there's a Serbian angle on it as well. They think because she was reporting on this whole Russian-Serbia mafia thing, they think it might have been a hit because, A, it was a gun. And in 99, the guns weren't, you know... It's not our crime. Yeah. That's that's not our crime. That's not our our weapon. It was execution style. It was. It was point blank to the head on her doorstep. And and that that was, as a 19-year-old woman, you think to yourself, shit, that's on your doors you know it's there's no protecting yourself from that if you're going to get shot you're going to get shot but I mean I wasn't in no limelight but in your head you're thinking she was just going to her front door and letting herself in you know there was no Mm -hmm. much more to what she was doing than that simple action so it 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 did sort of leave that like look behind you before you walk in the house kind of thing Mm -hmm. that stayed with me but yeah she was on tv so much and she was so so like seemed so nice it's mm-hmm. just like what could happen to this nice this nice lady on the yeah. travel show 
I think that was the first time that they had, um, like, they tried to bring Storpen into the forefront because, like, fair enough, it probably went on like a lot longer. Like the story of how me mum and dad met, like, like. The stalking there is terrifying. Like every back then, it's like, oh, it's really sweet. But now it's like <laughs> creepy as fuck. It's like my dad met me mom at a nightclub. My mom didn't want anything interested like to him, so he found out where she lived, and would go to her house each night till she agreed to to go out with him. But back then, it was like, oh, that's quite sweet. It's but now so it's like romantic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, but like stalking that brought stalking more to the forefront, the Jill Dando thing, because that was the, what they tried like blaming it on that. I like, yeah. said to Barry George, like stalking her and and keeping an eye, and that brought it rightly or wrongly to thing. And so a lot more cases have been brought up since then. I know there should be a lot more laws and stuff brought in to protect women or even men when stalking is involved, especially like say with online stalking and still it's terrifying what people do. Uh, get put through and go through type thing, but yeah, yeah. I can still remember the Jill Dando one. Fuck that, that blew me mind. There, Dan. Oh, terrifying. <laughs> the one, the one thing that can come of this conversation, and I will say that uh, I might sound like a preachy weirdo when I say this, but more men need to come forward, bring mm-hmm. more cases to the front, yeah. make sure you're being heard, because. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about your cases. I don't want to sit here and moan about women being the victims all the time. Mm-hmm. I want, I don't want there to be more people getting hurt, but I want mm-hmm. more people to talk about their experiences so that we can sit here and say yeah. women are just as evil as men yeah. because it, it, it's always Absolutely. very unbalanced in, in mm-hmm. the, in the media because we're saying, Oh yeah, she got shot. She died. She was killed. You know, there isn't enough. There's too much stigma. Um, involved yeah. uh, and and there shouldn't be shame anymore we're in a society oh. where gender means nothing just mm-hmm. just talk about it get it out yeah. there yeah. you know yeah no I, 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 I would I want nothing more than it to be a fair playing field for for people to feel like that they can come forward and we can talk about these things and mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by the psychology of women that kill it's yeah. you know it mm-hmm. there needs to be more people i'm not i'm hoping that nobody has ever gone through anything like this that's watching this no. or even ever does but you know yeah but it just get, takes one person to be brave enough to like to reach out and like I know, I know me and sammy talked about this a few times this is our therapy this is how we get through our week just by logging on and talking about shit like each time and it does help us a lot like see, uh, and again i've talked about in the past i had really bad mental health before I started uh, nerdy up north due to lockdown and due to feeling trapped and contained so it's like finding that release and not going out and killing someone sorry uh, yeah but, it's, uh, the, it's, it's the taking it's well it's taking responsibility for your for your own mental health mm-hmm. but um going back to like say what you mentioned about things that do stick with you and affect you as well um this I watched even not too long ago I couldn't tell you the name of it because I kind of walked in the room halfway through Nick uh, watching it. It was something that she was watching on YouTube, something that she couldn't find on TV and she couldn't find on the dodgy box. It was something that she'd heard where it was a documentary about uh, these three victims and it was interwoven different stories that had no connection, but there was like telling their story of how they survived, um, like say an incident, What like all three of them were American um, I can't remember the like the third case, but the two that did stick out were like they were, they were in the 30s, like in the 40s and stuff now, but like they're talking about when they were younger that survived like an incident. Like one of them was talking about how 
she broke it off with her ex-boyfriend and he couldn't handle it. So he went just from stalking mm-hmm. to kidnapping her. And within, um, I think it was a 12-hour period, he drove her off, tried to kill her by strangling her, stabbing her 36 times. And I say the only reason that she survived being strangled was because a car drove past. So he panicked and he drove past and she went and she was begging him to take him to a hospital. And he said, yeah, I'll take you to the hospital. And he drove her past the hospital just to mock her. Oh, you and she managed to get out and she found like a hotel complex and she knocked on the door and she, some um, some foreign people were in the hotel so didn't understand what it was saying. And they were trying to kick her out of the room because she, she was covered in blood and didn't know what happened. But the, luckily they phoned the police. But she survived this harrowing ordeal, like say where she'd been stabbed 36 times, her throat had been cut, uh, like, don't know how. Like she was showing you the scars, and I was like, "This is just absolutely like, like the strength that this woman showed just for the the, the life." But the other story, like, had me in tears. It absolutely broke. Is was a young girl that was basically hitchhiking to get, like, as American does, to get from one place to the other, and this guy had got her in a van for twenty four hours. Had done everything he wanted to her. And she was like begging him to let her go. And he go, okay, I'll let you go. He brought out a hatchet and chopped off both her arms. Like not just like I've heard this one. I've yeah. heard this one. Yeah. yeah. She got like one of her arms was off in one and she said she just <laughs> couldn't like she just like couldn't feel anything. And the other one had took a few whacks. He drove her a little bit longer, he kept her arms and threw her in a ravine. And she Three had a box killer. Is it the toy box killers? Uh, It's the toy box. No, it's not. But no, no, it's not. But that was mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But basically, she dragged herself out of this hole, like with no arms, and she managed to walk down this road. Like she basically used the mud in her wounds to to stop her from bleeding. Otherwise, she would have bled to death. And she got picked up, survived. They found the guy that did it. Didn't try him for murder. Tried him for, uh, like, say, he got convicted. And in the court, when even she walked past him, he says, when I get out, I'm going to finish the job. He actually said that to her. And he only served eight years. And when he got out, he killed someone again. Um, similar type of situation. And that's when he got life. Um, oh. But, and she was, like, doing interviews. And all it was, like, the shot, like, from the interview was, like, from, like, this thing. Till the last moment when it panned out and you you saw her with um like I say the 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 uh replacement arms and it was just one of the most I just couldn't get over like how strong she must have been to survive yeah. that that must how have been took you... some will and it was just an interest because she was just like telling her story and telling like what got her through and it was just like it just blew my mind that and I know there is a lot of st- strong women out there and, and and strong people sorry um but i couldn't imagine going through anything like that and for them to it's, tell their story and still be there yeah. and still still be willing to do it just was amazing it's not just the it's not just the going through the ordeal it's the aftermath isn't it i'm so sorry <laughs> i need to just be two seconds i've not been traumatized but i will be right back <laughs> That's fine. I'm not trying hard enough. I am going to leave. <laughs> Hang on. 
Oh, good. We've, we've sent two of them away. That's all right. Oh, we've done oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, I still remember that. That That's the one that does stick with us um, mm-hmm. just because of the brutality. And like, and again, you never think or oh, people can do because because you don't think you could do that. But there is people out there that do it. But when it comes to like the true crime aspect as well. So is there, like say, elements that you kind of will, like what would you say would you stay away from type thing what would like what elements would you think or is there no like boundaries or is there nothing that you would like like want to like say that that's not for me animals Animals. anything any 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 situation where an animal has been brought into into the true crime aspect be it through sacrifice be it through Mm -hmm. um a means to them to reach their potential if you want to call it so um i can't i can't deal with that i can't deal with i can't deal with children either yeah but i still as as a human i can sort of also compartmentalize yes that happened that was horrible next but with if it's a dog i'm like i can't i just can't i can't and i'm like it, it that breaks me more than the actual story of mm-hmm. a human dying. What yeah. you know, if if a dog dies, I don't know. No, I, oh, I'm glad I missed that speak, conversation then. Yeah. Speaking of um, cat drama, but yeah, <laughs> I I can I can watch and listen to like the the worst kind of things about people, but as soon as it comes to a fuzzy little animal, I just mm-hmm. yeah just. Burn in hell. I mean, burn yes. in hell anyway. But I'm just like, what? so I'm so glad I missed that side. But did nobody level. else see us fuck myself in the in the head with me? I saw, yes. Yeah, we were just I laughing saw, at you. Yeah. Just yeah. Saying, it's, it's, <laughs> everyone's in the chats just amazed that you're wearing pants. So don't worry. Uh, no, um, I, I, I do. So, I have trousers on tonight. I'm so sorry about that. No, it's fine. We were just asking: Is there anything that you would stay away from that you that that's off limits to your type thing? Cannibalism. Yeah. Right. Animals. Okay. Animals. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cannibalism fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Same, that. same. Like, is it just the fascinating that someone goes through, or what the taste would be like? <laughs> it's just... Talking of the taste, I know what the smell is like. All right. Well, everyone singed op- themselves, so yeah. <laughs> I had an operation on my shoulder a couple of years ago where I had um, a fibroma removed, mm-hmm. and they basically cut it out and sewed me up. But they used a cauterize and scalpel while they did it. Mm-hmm. And I was only under local anaesthetic, so I could smell myself cooking. All right. What did you smell like? Very sweet bacon. <laughs> it, it did have a slightly porky, a slightly sweet Is porky that smell. That's why it's known as long pig then. Yes. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, mm. I never thought I we'd start getting to talk about talking like smelling each other's <laughs> cooking flesh. But yes, that, that's... Like I said, Graham would have been all over that one. It's, uh, it's all downhill from here. Did, yeah. did anyone mention the toy box killer? No. I no. To death? Waiting for you. Waiting for yeah. you. Fuck I, that I is. know of the toy box killer, but Baby <laughs> Sarian did a video on it. and She sug- she sugarcoated a lot. She did. She did. But... That, that is one of that actually... I've never felt physically sick mm-hmm. while watching or reading or listening to anything to do about true crime i listened to that by three comedians um last podcast on the left yeah mm-hmm. 
I listened to them do it. Even they couldn't fucking sugarcoat, like they couldn't sugarcoat how deprived that fucking that person. Oh, he's awful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrible. Horrible individual. That one stuck with us for a long time. Grant's got a bit of a smile on his face there. <laughs> yeah. Is it? He he to, to to give a very abridged version, he basically had a trailer on his property where he would have sexual tor- torture devices. He would drug fucking machine set up. Yeah, he would drug women and mm-hmm. basically abuse them mm-hmm. massively. There were animals involved as well as yeah. That that was that. That's have, why you, have, I, you, have that's you ever read? Bit. Have you ever read American Psycho? Yes. One, two, oh one, no no maybe no! Once or twice. With the drain pipe. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No yeah. no. I don't okay, imagine that, but on a scale of like industrial scale, like he he was redneck American Psycho. Yeah. Like, but there's this. This massive... man had tools to his yeah. his disposal. There's this massive shit. lake as well, <laughs> quite like near cat, where so. it was, mm-hmm. which the police won't search, even though they know there's probably bodies in there, but it's like so yeah. deep. It's something his, that they're like, oh, we can't, we can't search His rap record is just 60 plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's all they can say they, is but 60 they can't, plus. They can't confirm or count. And his daughter was involved. His daughter would help him pick up victims. It was a fucking family day out. Mm-hmm. Dick. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never felt repulsed. I've walked away from documentaries. I've cried at documentaries, but I have never been physically sick mm-hmm. apart from that one. That really, really got me. Got me in the goods. I did not like it. What about you, Grant? Is there anything that you would stay away from? Um, I mean, not really, mate. I'm, you know, obviously <laughs> there's three people here that have barely met me or have barely spoke <laughs> with me, but I'm sure you and Sammy know that mm-hmm. I've said it before. I'm a sensory, a sensory hedonist. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm when it comes to any level of subject matter that I'm looking into or that I'm starting to get interested in, I push myself to the limits of what I can stomach. And yeah. yes, it desensitizes, but at the same time, it also can be a massive source of inspiration for me creatively. There was one recently that I found really, really unnerving. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it, but seeing as though we've spent a lot of time talking about the, you know, the safety aspects involved with women. Um, some of you might have watched it. It was done by an investigative journalist on Channel 4 recently, and she basically wanders out into a city centre and mm. pretends to be mortal drunk and then wanders back to the hotel where she's staying yeah. just to see what will happen in relation to the men following her and people trying it on with her. And that kind of stuff. And obviously she has crew at the room and all of this kind of setup. There is safety involved. There's people following her with kind of hidden cameras at a distance and that kind of stuff. But to to witness that firsthand and to see the lengths at which some people were going in order to basically attempt to take advantage of her sexually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rape, basically, that's what they were going for because she was definitely uh-huh. not... Mm-hmm appearing to be able to consent and that was that was a difficult watch that was a really difficult watch i wouldn't watch it twice but i'm glad i watched it i remember because there was a lot of hoo-ha and like hell on about it because there was people arguing the the case that was calling the entrapment i was like what the fuck i mean if you can't see where this is wrong yeah 
And then, you, then you're, and then, you're, then, then you're, you're the problem, the problem right. type thing. Yeah. Would it be okay if she yeah. was really drunk? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the scary thing. It was like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this because you're entrapping people and putting people like in trouble that no. potentially wouldn't be. It's good. No, if she didn't do it, they might have latched onto someone else. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. that's the yeah. that's the facts. And yeah. it's basically this type of culture now where everyone gets offended by everything and you can't like they're looking for an excuse to basically kick off or yeah. they say mm-hmm. that this isn't right and this isn't wrong. It's fair enough. It it it's basically shown like what women have to go through on a mm-hmm. on a night out. Yeah. That's on a day to day basis, yeah. it's just it's mm. not just nights out. It's it's daily of what what mm-hmm. men think that they can actually. Do. I've seen hundred. I'm thankful that I've never been put in that position before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen countless amount of videos of women during the day being followed by men who and all this they say. Mm. The first instinct they they do is put their phone on, which I am so fucking grateful for. Yeah. I. I cannot stand in some cases when people instantly grab their phone out and start recording shit. But when it comes to this, it's fucking ideal because it gives them a sense of it's the only protection they have Yeah, is to have their phone with mm-hmm. them. Um, Cause recording that's it. Once it's recorded, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's always there. Um, and the, the, the amount of times they have to say no, yeah, and no, and it oh, just really, really pains. Even, even then, if you say no or no, I don't want your number or no, I don't want your drink, people can kick off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're like not not crazy. all men because not all men are psychos, but mm-hmm. you, you don't know, you don't know, and that's yeah, the problem, just, and that yeah. that's why women pick up and girls like it's not yeah. even just women. It's children in school uniform who get like followed and catcalled and yeah. Well, it's I know, just, gr- like, say, Grant used to own, like run a pub, so he like seen this type of behavior firsthand. Like, oh, probably yeah. behind the eyes of like more than most and stuff. And again, where we used to drink as well, there used to be people that you know after they had a few, you used to have to try and get them away from women because yeah. of how their behavior was. And again, you never tried to excuse it, but became too obvious and too repetitive mm-hmm. that now then people you don't associate <laughs> with type thing mm-hmm. and like someone can be as normal as you and I having this conversation but as soon as they have a drink they think oh it gives them the right to act a certain way or, t- or talk to people in a certain yeah. way it's it's never a good thing but um <sighs> but coming back to like say Sarah now so is there anything that you would like stay away from or like say that's a no-no for yourself type thing um, I don't think there's anything that I'd particularly steer away from in theory. I mean, there's some things that I might, that I certainly feel a lot more uncomfortable watching these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially since becoming a, a, a mom, um, mm-hmm. yeah. some of the, some of the kids ones are a bit more uncomfortable than, um, than oh. they used to be. Not saying that they were yeah. like in any way good or anything like that, but they've become a lot worse to process and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's certainly that that aspect's a bit harder, but yeah. I think picking up on that, um, the Jamie Bulger case, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, because yeah. again, that's something I remember happening when I was little. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. I didn't understand until as an adult what 
what those what they did to him that poor little mm-hmm. boy yeah and I... his mom is just like an inspiration like oh she's a fucking she warrior that woman mm-hmm. absolute warrior um i read the uh, the forensic pathologist report just be careful yeah. as well with that because i know for a long time online there was a fake one that <laughs> was going around sending like trying to see a certain stuff or stuff happened just to, to glamorize it and stuff as well oh no so, no mm-hmm. this was this was genuine um that that was not it was i was um I remember i found it i've read so many forensic pathology reports i read the princess die one all hundred and something pages of it that was interesting um yeah that's what that stuck with us that really did the the documentary that ITV did with the tapes. Mm-hmm. That was an eye opener, massive eye opener. If you want to talk about psychology, yeah, that that is keynotes. I think the scary thing that is just how emotionless them two boys were. That the, they were not bothered. Yeah. No, yeah. One was, one was, which is which they always said was the ringleader. Um, which is the one who's now emigrated to Australia. He, he, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But he give he kind of give a shit, but not to the extent of it was more. He was that getting in trouble. Caught. Yeah, caught. like I heard, like he yeah. was That's what I mean. They weren't bothered about like the actions or the things that yeah. they did. It was more shit. You've got us. I don't know what to <laughs> do. Almost now, like but... a regret afterwards that we've been caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, what were they, 10, 11, 12, yeah. those boys? At uh, 10 or 11 or 12, you know you're right from wrongs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, God, yeah. But, but I'm not defending them in any way. I don't <coughs> think they knew <coughs> the magnitude of what they just did. Yeah. They're at 10, 11, 12, you don't, you can't quantify the amount of trouble, yeah. the, the, the consequences that will come from your actions at, mm-hmm. at that age. And uh, that's that's why they came across, in my opinion, from a psychological aspect. That's why they came across so nonchalant mm-hmm. because they had no concept, they had nothing to compare it with, they had no life experience to be able to say, "Yeah, wow." Then the, I, on I the other, on the flip side of that, they then had no way of being able to be punished for what yeah. they did because yeah. they didn't necessarily get punished. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's no again reform. It's yeah. something that in were... the UK we completely fucking lack. Um, so it's not surprising that one of them is now a fucking repeat offender. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, yeah. I think with the, the Bulger case that scared me as well is the premeditated like ideas behind it because they took them to <coughs> a canal at one point as well and they were going to like throw them in the <coughs> canal but they couldn't get them to get close enough to go in. So mm. that that that's like the premeditated, like the must they knew what they wanted to do that day. Yeah. And that's like I say the harrowing thing as well. Uh, again, I know we're talking about age and knowing right from wrong, but yeah. that's just scary, like what must have went because when I was at uh, that age, I was just worried about if I could stay out an extra ten minutes to play football <laughs> with my mates. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. 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 I, I wasn't may. I wasn't thinking about oh, anything. Sorry, Dan, I have to go. Oh, you're right. Go on. Um, if I may, just in relation to the uh, the correlation between right and wrong, because we've touched on this previously with the Bulger murders and how it related to the video nasties um, yeah. hysteria in the 80s. In the 80s. 
And I think that then pulls us right back into the nature versus nurture thing. Mm -hmm. Because whilst Mm -hmm. we can say if your average 11 or 12 year old, that they do know the difference between right and wrong, looking at the upbringing that both of them had had, whether or not that movie or whatever it is, you know, they're trying to blame it on child's play. Child's play, I remember. Directly inspired it or not. If you are showing kids that are 10 and 11 year old, fucking child's play mm-hmm. then you need to question the rest yeah. of the environment that they were becoming a product of yeah like um you know i'm not trying to again fight their innocence so to speak but i've seen a lot that would suggest that um venables john venables the dead behind the eyes one out of the pair of them was yeah. very much the the kind of ringleader and the orchestrator it was the other one towing the other one along you know what i mean mm-hmm. whilst it doesn't put him solely at blame i think you've got potentially with those two boys that did that another situation where you have a perfect storm of what is going to turn somebody into that kind of person yeah yeah Yeah. they tried to pin it on the other kid yeah so they initially tried to say that john venables was a fucking angel and he cut you know he he had to have been brought along for the for the ride but when you listen to that it was wasn't until the tapes were released recently that you've, you can tell that dynamic because yeah. it was always the case up until them tapes. That dynamic is not how it presents, and it was it should have been fucking obvious when the stupid bastard went and re like reoffended again. Yeah. The other one picked up, moved his life to Australia. He's he's gone. Well, there was no point in staying in the UK. He couldn't fucking stay here. The other one goes straight back home to a place he's not allowed to be at. No, I was just going to say, in correlation with the consuming of media, that's inappropriate because obviously I read a lot of comics and comics aren't just aimed at kids, some are aimed at adults. And when people are just like, oh, can I, can I give my walk, Walking Dead to my eight-year-old? I'm just like, no. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It, it, it's not a comic about shooting zombies. It's a comic about like the psychological breakdown of society that's crumbling under a zombie apocalypse. It's about, you know... Mm. And it it's not enough that kids can just like watch a horror film or what. I'm not into censorship, by the way. I'll just like state mm-hmm. that. But it's not enough to just like sit a kid down in front of a horror film and go, "Oh, it's okay. It's not real." They need to know it's not real, and those actions are not okay. Mm-hmm. Like Pennywise isn't the hero. Like Jason Voorhees Is isn't the hero. <laughs> no? You know what I mean, though. But yeah, yeah. but. We can see the entertainment points from all angles as adults, but mm. how can you expect like a seven, six, five-year-old to understand the it's nuance such an, of that? It's such they an can't. interesting argument. I mean, it's such an interesting argument because I'm I'm from I'm born in '83. I've been watching horror since I was about six, seven year old. Same. But my background is I came from a really loving living mm-hmm. family i had but, an amazing childhood but you've already but said still... that you would feel the psychopath test so. <laughs> no i said I would, I, 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 there, was, there was one one aspect i failed on and um, mm. but i'd still but, i'm um, still gonna take I'm, every pair of scissors off you next time i see you. <laughs> i'm not surprised i do I, honestly i don't know where it comes from because i have such a morbid curiosity mm-hmm. and it's been it's been there ever since I first actually got into true crime was when I found one of my cousins or my dad's um, Jack the Ripper books. But my point is, is that we we grew up watching yeah. the movies at such a young age. But why are we why are I we not the same as what, it, parents, it's what it's like right now? 
my my parents would kind of make sure like it, it's not like this stuff is not okay like I mean, didn't have a clue. But the villain. mine did mine did but i think yeah. in balance i always had like good parents and i'd also you know sit down and watch care bears or animals of loving wood to be fair the care bear movie was scarier than any fucking horror film animals i saw of that fucking yeah. Animals that of also trauma. was traumatizing yeah but still i would watch and watch yeah more age appropriate material like never I ending could... story you'll fuck you up <laughs> fuck that film <laughs> no, we're not going into that thing no 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 oh, I'm not done, guys. I'm not <laughs> oh fuck off Grant that's horrible honestly the yeah. amount of people we have that come to the stall um, when we're doing shows and they, and they have a, a small child hmm. no more than six oh his favourite's Michael Myers have you got any <laughs> Michael Myers I'm yeah like, we we, when we were kids. When we were kids, right? We, we watched. Kids. We watched the films, but we didn't tell our parents because we didn't want to get no. in trouble. Oh, yeah. It wasn't you wrong. You didn't That's physically take a child and sit it in front of yeah. it and let it watch it and then go ha ha ha. It's yeah. crying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what all parents do. <laughs> no, no. But my, but my friend, like, my friend actually, my friend actually texted us and said, because we knew what's wrong. Yeah. So well, yeah, but my friend actually now, texted us and and said is it all right for me seven-year-old and I was like absolutely not <laughs> like it, no <laughs> for me I, I I think going back to what Lauren said there's a happy balance when we were little where you were you snuck and watched those films but the majority of the things you were exposed to were age appropriate yeah. Um, the only right. stuff that wasn't so there's a balance was, yeah so yeah. the only right. time there wasn't was on a Friday night when you'd sit up a bit late because you didn't have school and your mum had let you watch Cheers and Roseanne and whatever Friends or what, <laughs> yeah. whatever your age bracket was which was slightly above your age range and you didn't quite get all the jokes but you, you yeah. felt like you were growing up because mm-hmm. you were allowed to watch it. Yeah. it there was always that balance and I think because of like I think we've talked about it quite a lot over the couple of podcasts we've done just the amount of consumption there is of material of media of of movies out there kids are growing up desensitized i think i think that's the word desensitized now and again probably is to get on a a bit of a not a soapbox but to say like say that the how ready in access people can get to pornography now these days we used to be very happy when we used to find like the daily sport in a bush (laughs) bush. uh, around the corner from your house um (laughs) or you found like a razzle mag and stuff like that you was like this this is the best yeah but 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 waiting for a taxi uh, and they find it under the side from the taxi office (laughs) But now, you, um, like I say, p- pornography and everything is so readily available. I know they've made steps now to take away the violent pornography and like certain search terms has been taken away. But desensitizing people is has been a huge thing. And like I say, again, would you attribute that to more, like I say, sex crimes or sexual abuse uh, to that aspect as well or being more common to these days? Like that's the question's that potentially you could look at and ask, but mm-hmm. without going down the route of, like, say, could be, being like a Mary Whitehouse and getting me so back saying, yeah. ban all this, ban, stop all this. But it's just been, like, say, making sure things are done in moderation or done the right way. Um, But kids these days as well, I'm not saying we're breeding the perfect storm where we're going to get a flood of new serial killers or new uh, minds, because I do think with, certain aspects it's harder to get away with crimes these murders, days yeah murderers mm. now have to be 20 times cleverer than they were yeah. in the yeah. 70s 80s mm. 
because you're watched every i think it's every 100 meters you've got a camera on you or something i know they did a part it's quite scary when you think about it Mm -hmm. so to become something like that in this day and age and keep it under wraps and and keep the murders going for as long as they can yeah i don't think is viable in today's society also because so many of them are like (laughs) streaming everything anyway Mm. so like Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get the modern day situation now, where the latest one, which is the most shocking one, is actually police that's doing the crimes, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the thing that scares you the most is thinking Wayne what... Cousins, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and there was red flags there as well. That's the problem. It's like not listening to these traits or not listening to when things are getting fed back because of who they are or who the situation is. There's massive things you can learn. And that's probably why I enjoy them a little bit as well as the learning part and aspects and trying to think, let's make this not happen again. I, I know the way human nature is, and like say with evolution and shit like that, and without going down too far the rabbit hole, you'll probably never get away with any type of crime or any type of like brutality because like, let's be honest, man, woman, they always do have that aspect into them. But okay. it's just basically how can we make it as, as difficult for people to kind of get away or, or, or do this without becoming a total police state as well. Mm-hmm. And that's my little bit of a uh, rant of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I've just realised as well, we've been talking for quite a while as well. There, uh, Has anyone got any points or anything that that they want to get across that they might have missed off because I know you guys have been doing your research bless you so I don't want you to feel like you've missed anything nope I'd like to know what my excuse is because I'm not a horror fan in the slightest I've never really watched many but you 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 seem to be quite inquisitive and a thirst for knowledge if you don't mind saying that so you that could be the nature there where it's not the scary aspect it's basically to the understanding Mm. Mm mm-hmm Morbid curiosity. Morbid yes. curiosity. I definitely got morbid curiosity. I always used to say there was pro- there was I could probably sit and eat a steak dinner while watching open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, fuck that. I'm not good with that. I'm morbid. I've told that. But story. no, fuck that. Yeah. It's like whenever these whenever there's like, oh, don't eat, you know, watching this episode of I'm thinking I'm just I'm just like what? <laughs> I'm gonna do Oh, that. I can what? do shit like that. Yeah, I could do shit like that, but it it's surgery stuff that really like. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was, there's a documentary about um the the uh, brain surgeons, neurosurgeons in in New York on Netflix at the moment, mm-hmm. and they literally film open brain surgery in every episode, and they're like digging about. You see the full thing, Ooh. and I've been, I've been sitting eating my dinner to it Ooh. because it, yeah. <laughs> my wife's it, the same. I, yeah, yeah, it doesn't do anything for, it, because I have that also. I think what you were saying about what Sarah has just that thirst for like. I need to know more. I want to yeah. be. I'm, I, I have this sponge thing because when mm-hmm. you're at school, you have a, a driven narrative, and when you go to college, you're told you have to study this, pick something, yeah. and that's it. And yeah. like you don't know at that age what you want to do. So the older you get, the more you find your little niches and your little nooks and crannies of things that you really enjoy learning about. Definitely. And if it happens to be yeah. true crime or mm-hmm. medical issues or just the ins and outs of the body or whatever tickles your pickle. For mm-hmm. me, go with it. Learn yeah, about fine. it. In, in, if, if you enjoy something, do mm-hmm. it. Just yeah. life's too bloody short. Just don't kill anyone. 
No, I don't think I don't hear anyone. anyone. I don't want to hear anyone. No. To lighten the, the mood as well, mm-hmm. I'll I'll give everyone, everyone a laugh and I'll tell you tell everyone my firebug story. So this is my little bit of uh, arson, arson, how we say it. So when I was younger, well, not too young, I was probably about 11 or 12, I used to be obsessed with fire, like making fire and things. And I come up with this brilliant idea because my parents went to work and I was like saying, I was off for the day by myself. I was like, I'm going to make water set on fire. Now, how would you think you could do that? So I locked myself oh. in the bathroom, oh, shit. shut the bathroom door, filled the sink full of water, mm. got two cans of deodorant, oh, you and you. sprayed them directly <laughs> into the water. Because me thinking deodorant's fl- flammable, it'll put a film, mm-hmm. a film of uh, deodorant, like whatever like, is flammable on the water so I can set it on fire. I thought that would be the best thing ever. Not realising when you're spraying deodorant into water, it just br- makes it instantly turn into gas filling the room full of gas. So as soon as I lit the, lit the lighter, the room exploded, firing me out of the room, <laughs> setting fire to me hair, setting fire to me eyelashes, and setting fire to me eyebrows. So before my parents got in, I had a discard of uh, a dressing gown that had been like singed to bits. Just I had to shave my head, shave my eyebrows off, and actually cut my eyelashes to take away all the, like, the signs that there'd been this fire. But yes, so that was my firebug what, story there. What did you tell them had happened though? I, I to this day that do not know. I just said oh, I, I, I got bored. <laughs> oh, the door was bored with the razor. Are you lucky? <laughs> oh my yes. god! You little fire starter. <laughs> I could have died because I actually got blown out. So I like literally flew about twelve feet out the like oh to knock god. the door. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So that was my uh, firebug story. There. Oh right. <laughs> oh. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah. It's always the quiet ones, isn't it? Oh, I was oh, never wow. quiet when I was younger. Trust us, that was. <laughs> Sam can attest to that. I'm quieter Absolutely. now than I am, but it's when I when I was uh, younger in college, I was the gobby one. But yes, um, so that might shade. be my if, my if I played with fire a bit more, my story might have went differently. <laughs> <You know. laughs> what about you, Grant? Have you got anything to finish with? <laughs> can you top that one, Grant? <laughs> No, mate, I don't think I can. I mean, we just turned around and said 11 and 12 year olds know the difference between right and wrong. And, uh, and then Paul comes and tells us things we've said on this episode, mate, where I'm to just. To be fair, like, though, I wasn't I... planning on killing anyone. I just wanted to set fire to water. That wasn't wrong. <laughs> I was just I mean, being... right scientific experiments. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. I just didn't Dahmer show that one that on Blue well. Peter. <laughs> I was just experimenting. <laughs> But everyone's got a, everyone's got a stupid well. fire st- story that they've done. <laughs> oh, I said I, I nearly set my whole house on fire by setting a, a piece of paper, thinking I could do it from the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't work out because it went in the middle, it went round, and I, if I didn't catch the corner and chuck it into the sink, it would have hit me mum's curtain, and the whole house would have went up. It was so quick, but mm-hmm. yeah, I never touched fire again after that. I'm fucking terrified of it. But yes, so. That has been our true <laughs> part two. So I think we've done quite well. Like I say, we hit on a lot of points. Like I say, I'm quite happy it's that we points. didn't glorify any killers as well. That that's the all Fuck thing them. Well. They don't get glory on this yeah. podcast. But you do um, like you find that a lot, like say with the stories that get told, that I'd say they always get yeah. shown in some kind of spectacular light. But again, just to say like it, it is the victim stories that should be told and more 100%. interestingly to be to remembered as well. I think that was always 100. the important message to give. Hundred percent. I think the first time when we did it, it was just on the back of Dharma coming out, or 
already out or something yeah. like that. So yeah. there was a very different conversation as to what we've had today. Um, yeah, I, I, think will... so, I think some cook, uh, someone on Facebook was making custom Jeffrey Dahmer pops. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. No. Yeah. No, yeah. that is that is not okay. I, I did watch an episode or two, but then I just couldn't because it just... Mm-hmm. I watched it. It was just American Horror Story. It's yeah. I think well, it's, it's just a fantastic Murphy. actor. Yeah. But it was basically like a series of American Horror Story. It's just like it's just, it had an ending. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. American Horror yeah. Story ended the show. My biggest problem with it was the casting of Evan Peters. I mean, he's a he's such a pin up to so many women. Yeah. Um yeah. you then are to a degree without even probably knowing it, glorifying Dharma mm-hmm. through putting someone of mm-hmm. Evan's looks slash uh, persona, it's whatever. Zac Efron yeah. and when he played Bundy yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. Um, yeah. And David Tennant <laughs> with... Um... Nielsen. Nielsen. That Again, is... with Dharma, because his victims... Some of them were sex workers again, and some of them were people of color. Were children. So like, some yeah, of them were children. Like, it was, yeah. so the, <laughs> the last one was a child. Didn't want to yeah. know. I didn't care. Just, he's, like, a, he's a piece of shit. Horrible. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, but well, thank you guys. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you. you guys. <laughs> can I just yeah. can I just say a massive massive apology for the cough and anyone who's listening to this on audio? I am so so sorry. Sorry, I'll cut you out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you've been on mute the whole time, but yeah. Oh, um, oh my god! <laughs> but um, thank you guys for coming on. I know, like, see, when we always have a large one, it's always hard to to negotiate. But I think everyone handled it really well tonight. So thank you for get the guys for doing that. Um, has anyone got anything you want to promote? I know Daniel probably have a new uh, something coming up soon. Just uh, we're at Telford, Wales Comic Con, Telford Takeover, thirteenth, uh, fourteenth. Then we're at um, Horrorcon Sheffield the weekend after, Hello. and then where are we the weekend after that? Oh, we're in Newcastle. Yes. So I'm there all weekend <laughs> working. Woo. So we shall be seeing you and yours there at the yes. end of next month. And we will definitely I will be bringing bring the well. pork pies as well for the Saturday. <laughs> so yay! I love pork pies. Well, but you're you, gonna Sarah? love it because it's my it's my dad's. Yeah. <laughs> or you, Sarah? Have you got anything to promote? I think my next one's top five <laughs> British comedies. Yes, so that's oh, in a, in a which few I am weeks. still working on. Yes, <laughs> that's seventh of May. That one. Yeah, oh, I've got time. I've got time. <laughs> what about you, Lauren? I've, uh, I can't. I don't know what my next one is. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, no, I was just saying, have you got anything you put? Because I know you do another podcast with the Birmingham lot from time <gasps> to time. Oh, do yeah. You? Um, yeah, you can sometimes find me guesting on Geeky Brummy. Mm-hmm. That oh, is mm-hmm. Geeky Brummy. Um, yeah, I will drop mm-hmm. you a link at some point. <laughs> yeah, <certainly. laughs> but, but post, I can't remember my next episode for that, but we always do a special roundabout for comment book day. And I'm normally mm-hmm. guesting on that welcoming all the fans to free comment book day so oh, i know we are looking to do a, a yes. special episode for free comic book day to do comic up north as well so we'll probably talk about like say comics and what we've got in i know we've done it in the past but that'll be interesting to do another spin-off there just another fucking spin-off uh, i can talk about comics all day so oh. anytime i know Grant? grant's always already got so always got something up his sleeve Got no sleeves on today, mate. <laughs> uh, no, to echo Dan, uh, me and Wallace are at SunnyCon as well. 
Um, cool. Doing her body horror, body horror inspired artwork, oh, that kind of stuff. I tried, um, I tried so... to tell Lee about it on Monday, and I could, I completely did your your wife's business disjustice. I could not explain <laughs> it properly. That is such a brilliant word of saying. I'm, there you go, Lee. That's that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, also, I've finally edited down some of the footage from mine and Jacob's little uh, trip away. Um, mm-hmm. So the full kind of abridged uh, best bits, mm-hmm. shall we say, because most of those broadcasts was just the wind going. <laughs> um, you know, so I've, I've got the bits that are actually somewhat entertaining. Uh, anybody wants to hear me ranting on about how much I don't like pheasants, you can tune in. Yes, and, uh, oh, and the coffee man, uh, the coffee man that deserves an award. Oh, Thank you for watching. Yes, the coffee man. <laughs> I watched quite a few of them. For a cup of tea. I really would have. Uh, well, I couldn't see who was watching, so thank you very much for watching. Um, and I don't know what my episode, next episode of the podcast is. I'd forgotten about the fact I was on this one, because you know what I'm like, I um, think it might be Futurama. Or no, you and Lauren are actually, uh, not this week, the week after, you're back for the Star Wars talk. Star Wars? Yeah, you said you wanted to come on with Star Wars. <laughs> What the fuck did I say I wanted to come on with Star Wars for? I don't fuck all about Star Wars. Oh, well, well no, that's going to be an interesting chat, Grant. Actually, fuck it. Your name's down, so you're going to have to watch you're all of Star Wars now. Bring it on, man. I can do two hours of anything. <laughs> you yes. just fucking... That's so funny. So that's, that's the 30th of April. Next week, we are doing... Uh, it's going to be a fucking wild one next week, I'll be honest. We're doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but we've got Kelly and Graham and Sonya on. So we're Kelly and fucking Graham on. Oh, God. This is where the universe collides on itself. <laughs> so you just have to have a drinking competition when, you, when you're watching. How many times Kelly can say the word fuck in one fuck. sentence? Yeah. So... Um... Don't do it. She's, a, she's an absolute master. Don't do it. Um, I am actually recording the last episode of this season's of Game of Thrones. Um, mm. We're going to be doing um, something with Lee a quiz with Lee and we're going to try and talk about Daenerys as much we, but that is coming to an end oh. and then I start my new project in May well, not just wait yet. until if when George R ever releases the next book mm-hmm. when ever, if he does it's going to be a party I yeah. mean not, not not to derail the podcast but my opinion is he's probably going to pop his clogs and they're just going to make Brad and Sanderson go for it <laughs> like he did with Will Time just finish it but yes uh after the game of thrones thing i know sam and a a coven of ladies so we say no uh, with the monster squad <laughs> uh, i think dan and peaches are going to be the first episode Ow. of the monsters up north talking about the creature of the black lagoon so never heard of it never heard oh you're great so yes um goodwill and graham will be back on this friday to discuss the final episode of Picard as well. And oh. I jumped on the, with them on last Friday and I had such a good time. But honestly, like even if you're not a big Star Trek fan, watch this season of Picard. It has been one of the best TV shows I have ever seen. Fact. I've it's been things, unbelievable. But yes. So... I, w- I want to watch it because I want to go back and watch their podcast because mm-hmm. I-, I watched one episode and I was like, I've got a clue. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but that's the joys of it. But yes. Um, so f- please follow us on YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, everything TikTok with Sammy, which he does. Keep an eye on the Facebook uh, page. Grant does some weird videos. And check out our videos from Nerdfest. 
Um, I can say follow Dan Dan on Blade and Marvelous. I can say her website is amazing. Uh, I can say I, I bought a cool trick or trick Sammy uh, the other week, and I'm jealous uh, at all. It was it was amazing. So it's in the little collection down there now. Um, but yes. Um, anything else, Sammy? No, that's it. All nope. good. So same back time, same back channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.